Welcome, everyone, to We Have Issues, our weekly comic book podcast that opens the vault, feels the boom, weathers the aftershock, and marvels at every issue released this week. I'm your host, Keith, and my stalwart sidekick is not here this week. Unfortunately, sometimes sidekicks have team-ups. Sometimes whatever Josue's equivalent of the Teen Titans need him, and I'm left all alone. But luckily, luckily, I have a second sidekick. And much like Jason Todd, she's a lot angrier. And, <laughs> and, but honestly, some people prefer her. Just don't tell her sway. Um, Producer Liz is here today. Woo! Thank you. That's an excellent intro. I like that. <laughs> the best Robin. <laughs> the best Robin. Well, yes. mm, mm. well Damien's pretty great too, but we'll, we'll not get into that. So, yeah. But yeah, Liz loves Jason Todd. So I figured I'd throw that reference out there. We love you, Josue. Come back. So, um, <laughs> yes. So we are going to do our normal show here. Um, so Liz is a comic book fan. For those who don't know Liz, uh, she does like comics. She doesn't read nearly as many as me and Josue. She doesn't have time. Um, uh, wait, I will just say I don't read as many cape comics. I do read a lot of comics. Just yeah, mainly more <laughs> indie web comic. Yeah, slash, she, def- yeah. she definitely reads more non-traditional comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, she's she's the one that introduced us to webtoons. And uh, now that's an obsession with me. Um, and yeah, so, but of the stuff we normally talk about on this, uh, she doesn't read as much, but she keeps up with it. We talk about it often. So a lot of this, uh, this episode is going to be a little different because I'm going to lead pretty much the whole thing, but I'm going to be telling Liz basically what's going on in comics. So for those of you who don't know what's going on, this is a great way to jump in and figure out what's going on with some of your favorite characters, maybe pick out some new series and stuff. So uh, we will go into that, uh, but first, as always, we start with news. Uh, I have some big news, a uh, bunch of different things. First thing I want to launch with is something Liz reminded me of. Um, unfortunately, the animated series adaptation for Jeff Smith's Bone has been canceled for a third time. Um, one of the most influential, and I would say one of the best all-ages comics ever. Yeah. And it's such a shame we just can't find a way to get this done. Uh, what do you think, Liz? Like, I mean, yeah, I think it's time for a reread. I actually don't think I finished it. Um, I think I got about halfway through, and mm-hmm. I can't remember the ending. So I feel like you know what? At least the comic's always there, so you can pick it up and reread it and relive the experiences. He's also, still- funny, phony bone is the best bone. <laughs> He's still putting out side stories. Oh, man. One, I think is he really starter right now or something i thought i saw because i follow him on twitter i thought i saw this is he's like the creator i'd want to be like he does yeah. like his big epic but in, but like he's not burned out or hates it he just every couple of years maybe picks it up and does like a little side story in there and he does what he wants yeah and nothing else <laughs> like, yeah like the, Love it. like like the chick from christine larson right from orcs is that her name yeah yeah, yeah she's like this is what i do <laughs> like, yep. so i respect that yeah but yeah, so that's the first thing we're talking about. Um, someone, please, Am- Amazon, you have all the money in existence. Do it. Uh, someone, please make that actual adaptation. So No kidding, right? I mean, honestly, Bone wasn't the only one that was cut. Netflix um, yeah. cut a lot of animated projects, which is a shame because I like animation. And I think Netflix was a cool place where they were doing a lot of um, hosting a lot of animated shows. So, yeah. yeah sucks they did a lot of cool shows that new anime bubble 
is out. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, your, I watched your husband. He was watching it earlier. And I was like, I don't want to get spoiled because I really want to see yeah. this. And it looked just what I saw was gorgeous. So, yeah. Netflix was a pretty good haven for animated shows, and it's yeah. well. They're still, they're still, they still have anim- an animation department. It's mainly, I guess, a lot of the kids' animated content that was cut, which is weird to me because, like, if anyone's going to watch animation, it's kids. So, I don't know. Uh, I don't know the whole story behind it, but it is a shame. And for so, those yeah. out there, Arcane is safe for now. <laughs> so oh well, about. yeah. Can we? It would be <laughs> insane to cut that one. All right. A couple couple sad things I want to get out of the way real early, but we just got to mention um, we lost a couple comic book creators this week. Uh, the first one is um, Justin Green, who actually created Binky Brown. Um, and um, it, w- it was one of the books that directly inspired Mouse. Um, so like Art Spiegelman specifically said, this is one of the things that inspired him to create Mouse when he did. Um, so he's not, he's not like an everyday name that a lot of people know, but it's still like a, you know, a pretty influential book considering that mouse is one of the most influential comics of all time. So I wanted to make sure I mentioned that he died at 76 and then another one, this one just, ah, the comic book industry wasn't ready for Neil Adams, um, died at 80 years old, which I mean, that's a good old age, but still like, I don't think any of us saw it coming. And Neil Adams, for those who don't know is, is everything. Um, he created Man Bat, Rachel Ghoul, and Talia. Um, he he created John Stewart. Um, he did he had amazing runs in Green Lantern, Green Arrow. He came to Marvel, had great runs in X Men and the Avengers. I mean, he's done everything. Like he's literally one of the most influential creators in a long time. And yeah, just two two losses all in a week, which was really sad, especially with everything going on with George Perez currently. You know suffering from cancer that you know is probably going to be fatal it's unfortunate it's like two huge titans right now that are you know definitely uh gonna be missed but yeah it's just a bummer you know there's not a lot we can really say about it beyond you know of course you know our condolences their family and their fans and everything and just i mean especially neil adams there's there's a lot of work out there that you can get your hands on and just go out and appreciate it. it's really good stuff he's legendary so um other than that, let's get to some news news, things, uh, some good things. So Marvel, uh, first of all, Marvel has announced, ver- or teased, they released a poster that just says The Dark Web. And it's it's basically going to be something along the lines of a crossover between Spider-Man and Venom, but we know no details yet. But May 7th, next week, by the way, guys, is Free Comic Book Day. So make sure to go get your free comics. And there will be a Spider-Man Venom one-shot for Free Comic Book Day to tease whatever the dark web is going to be. Uh, so, I'm, I'm, I mean, that's curious. Uh, Spider-Man's been really interesting lately, kind of jumping around to different stories. And Venom's just got his new own book back. So I think that could be really interesting. I know Josue will probably be really excited about it. So any thoughts, Liz? Not at this time. No, I'm just kidding. No, come on. no yeah, no, again, it sounds all again, good. Capes, it's not really your thing. So. Yeah, so it sounds, sounds great for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy for you. Yeah, I'm happy We're for you. We're sad that happened. I'm not really yeah. happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, another thing, you, you might actually care about this. So there's a, there's a book that's going to be coming out. It's going to start soon. And it's actually Gail Simone's Return to Marvel. Whoa. And she's doing a Jessica Jones book. Interesting. And it's called The Variants which is going to show variant versions of her throughout different, like a multiverse thing. 
Okay. I'm really loving the multiverse thing right now. But written, getting, written by Gal Simone is really cool. Uh, it's smart because yeah, if they're leaning into that multiverse thing with the whole multiverse movies right now. Yep. Now we did get a tease of a cover, and I'll actually send it to you because I really like the cover mm-hmm. um, of an issue. This issue two shows, let's just say, uh, Jessica Jones with somebody romantically with somebody we wouldn't expect. And I really like the cover there. Uh, for those who don't know, obviously, no. don't to see it. Um, it's her and Daredevil possibly being linked in a universe. And That's I like that. cool, I guess. Yeah. If you read Alias, remember she was like his bodyguard. And like the way her and Luke met was her basically being like, Matt Murdock is twice the man you, you know. And it's, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I like the tying of the bow there. I want really like... Interested. Luke Cage to be in the bed doing the little like rubbing his hands and being like, Mr. Steal Your Girl. <laughs> He's going to swoop <laughs> in and. <laughs> yeah. OTP. I love it. I love it because, like, uh, again, I love Jessica Jones, one of my favorite characters, and Gail Simone. That's going to be a really cool combo. And it's only a five issue mini. So that's a really like interesting way to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, another big thing, I'm trying to get all the Marvel together here. Um, so Charles Soul has been one of the people that's been working on a lot of the uh, Star Wars books, comic books, everything like that. Well, he's officially been uh, hired by Lucasfilm as a creative consultant. Now, that is really cool because Charles Soul has been put out some of the great High Republic stuff mm. and also some of the more like traditional Star Wars comics that I've really, really been enjoying. And so it's really cool to see him get that and maybe he'll have some kind of influence on the future of the film and television which would be really nice. I would love the High Republic to be transmitted to TV. I think it's really cool. I'd much rather watch that than Mandalorian season three. Or... It's so cool. It's like, it's like Knights of the Round, but with Jedi. Like, whew, yeah. what a brilliant idea. Like, uh, yeah. But I, I just really cool because I, I like to see Charles Soule is a really good writer and he's a really creative person. So I'd like to see what he brings to the table. So um, next up. We have been reporting on the ongoing drama of DC's Round Robin Tournament. Liz, do you, are you aware of the Round Robin Tournament? Oh, yes. I'm aware. <laughs> what <sighs> the have they done this time? DC's made it ever. Well, um, the tournament has been... It's down to the two finalists. And it's Suicide Squad Dark, who saw that coming, versus Superboy Man of Tomorrow. Um, so, yeah. I'm going for Suicide Squad. All in. Let's I go. do not want it. It's, it looks like a zombie suicide squad, which we actually uh, already have right now. I was like, don't we? Have, don't, why are they still doing the zombie stuff? I mean, deceased was cool and all, but like, it was also like, I don't know, like five years kind of later than it's people care. Uh, the description here is written by Zach Thompson, art by Gary Brown. A team of occult misfits and monsters assembled by Amanda Waller and led by Vampire Batman are forced into a mind melting suicide mission to assassinate Earth 13's League of Shadows. Well, I'm sure there's somebody out there that's super happy to hear it. So again, happy for you and enjoy. And then Superboy What's Man, Man of, of Tomorrow? Yeah, yeah Superboy Man of Tomorrow is going to be written by Kenny Porter and art by Janoy Lindsay. Uh, determined to find his place in a strange universe, Connor Kent, so not the current super, so Superman, John. Mm-hmm. It's the original one. Connor leaves Earth behind, but his journey of self-discovery brings him face-to-face with a group of freedom fighters who challenge not just everything he stands for, but what it means to bear the Superman crest. I mean, that I mean, could be interesting. That sounds better. Yeah. Yeah. I do like Connor. And if they actually go there and they're like, I don't know, you make people uncomfortable because you're basically a god. And mm. uh, we have to like, I don't know, 
we have to like uh we cannot behave naturally with you because you could basically just decide on a whim to yeah. kill us all so yeah i don't know cool and, and i like the art for whim. it better i sent it to you i like the art way more than the suicide squad doc because the suicide squad dark thing just doesn't appeal to me yeah it's not my style so but i like oh them. they got him in the jacket with the little hair right. yeah that awesome i love that 90s Superboy uh me look too. yeah I, I, that was when Superboy was really cool, and then we went through that period right before the um, New Fifty Two. You and I talked about it was one of the worst <laughs> runs of Superboy ever. So I'm glad we're kind of going back to that. So uh, next thing, something I know Liz really enjoys, uh, but I don't think you've ever div- dove into the comics for is Umbrella Academy. Oh yeah, what's going on with them? So we have season three coming up. That's first yes. of all, but. Once again, free comic book day news. There will be an Umbrella Academy free comic book day issue. Oh, nice. Yes. And I'm pretty excited for it. Um, uh, it doesn't have any hints as what it's actually going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's literally like they won't give any previews. They're literally just, we can't wait for you to see it. So maybe it's something really cool. Something interesting. Is it uh, Gerard um, Wait, Is he the writer? Um, it's from Gabriel Ba. Okay. Uh, who, who's the one who worked on it originally. Um, oh, okay, cool. With which art way? So he's one of the co-creators. So uh, Bob was the Bob was the artist. I guess that's what I meant. Is it? Ooh, no. I was like, yeah. I guess that's what I meant. Like, is it one of the? Is it the uh, kind of OG team? So he is, cool. he, he's the artist is returning. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Gabriel Ba, and he's actually local to us. He is always at every festival we have here and stuff. So ah, uh, cool. Meet him one day. So last bit of news I have. This is baffling to me, and I don't understand what what they want to do with this so frank miller i have heard i think i know what you're gonna say yeah go ahead <laughs> and it's my nemesis right Mr. Yeah, yeah, it mm, okay yeah go ahead i know what you're gonna talk about frank miller is launching his own independent publishing company alongside dan Dio, titled frank miller presents and they said that they're investing in artists and comics of the future so it's supposed to be a fertile ground for storytellers and new creations, right? Our focus for this publishing company is to cultivate a fellowship of artists and ment- writers to mentor. So it's all about the future, right? The only thing they've announced was a new Sin City book from Frank Miller and Ronin Book 2, which is a sequel to a miniseries from 1983. <laughs> all right. I mean, I guess it just depends on, you know, what your definition of new is. <laughs> <laughs> I have no interest in this at all. Frank Miller um, has always kind of not been my favorite person. Um, well, the last time that Dan DiDio managed over oversaw whatever anything new, I was not a, I was not happy, and it basically killed. And that's that was the last time I read Caped Comics. Like seriously, was before the New <laughs> Fifty Two, and then I tried for like the year a year, and I was like. I can't do it anymore. I just hate everything. And then all those books got pretty much canceled. So, you know, exactly, great job. Yeah. So the DC <laughs> way. <laughs> and the last thing I wanted to announce, uh, just, this isn't even news. It's not really an announcement or anything like that, but I just want to send out a reminder to everybody. Starting on Thursday, May 5th, you can go see Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness in theaters. Woo! Make sure to go see it. Cause it looks insane. And I'm very excited. So we'll be there. Yeah, we're going to go see it, definitely. Um, all right, but that's everything I got for news, unless you can think of anything else. Uh, oh, Lord Olympus has returned to... Yes, um, it's back! Yeah. Yes. I'm, it's back to Webtoons. The 
coin price to purchase a head has gone up and they know we're gonna pay it those bastards i'm like i was like seven coins now and i'm just like well for lower olympus yeah yeah, I mean, what am I going to do? Not read the Fast Pass chapters? I know, I'm going right. to sit there and stare at three Fast Pass chapters and just be like, yeah, I'll wait three weeks to read that. No, <laughs> no. Um, so, yeah, that, that's check that out if you guys haven't. Uh, it's been a while since we talked about Laurel Olympus on the show, but it's a really, really great webcomic, and you can read most of it for free. Yeah, maybe the, so. most recent chapters. Anyone who hasn't heard of it, it's a, reta- a modern, not even a modern retelling. It's modern-ish. not. It's not a modern. It's... It is a it is a retelling of Hades and Persephone, but all the other gods and Olympus make appearances as well as like some of the hum- mortal heroes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, it is pretty pretty cool and colorful, and I love it. I actually Fans bought the book <laughs> that yeah. came out. the The books came out, so I got Fans those of too. Hades Town would probably really enjoy this. It's Hades Town, but cute. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, and I did forget one more thing. I, I'm glad because uh, I just saw it today and I forgot to. Um, mark it down uh this is actually television news but it's comic book related the cw has canceled batwoman and Legends oh my god i saw that was crazy that was like today wasn't it yeah so yeah what's left flash superman and lois that's it yeah which let's be real i don't know if that's gonna that one's gonna make it so superman and lois is gonna make it you think oh, oh my gosh you don't know about that fandom Okay. Everybody wow. that is upset with the Snyder fandom for fu- fucking over Superman mm-hmm. are watching Superman and Lois because the Tyler, whatever his name is, yeah. he is the prototypical Superman. He's exactly what you want. And I, I okay. actually really enjoy it. Um, I'm not a big Lois fan, and the mm-hmm. kids thing is weird, but he's a great Superman. Um, it's doing really well in ratings. Um, and then All Flash right. is always doing well, I guess. So yeah. But it's just weird. Legends Tomorrow ending is weird because I thought that would go forever because you can just change the cast. Right. Like, <laughs> it's. I wonder then. I wonder if CD, CW is pivoting or doing something. You know. I was wondering so, that too. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so that's all the news I got. Now we're going to start talking about some comics. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this with you, Liz, because we never get to talk about comics very extensively anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, I know exactly how Sway feels about things. But a wild card. Yeah. Yep. So. So, as always on the show, when we talk about comics, we start not with a bang, but a boom. And we're going to talk about Boom Studios. Boom. And we have one book from Boom this week. It is Something is Killing the Children, number 22. Liz, do you know anything about Something is Killing the Children? Um, I think last time we talked about it, it was on like issue three or four. So, <laughs> it's been a while. We're on issue 22 now. So, yes. Um, it's uh, so I'll run through the creative team, of course, real quick. Uh, it's James Tynan the fourth as the writer, Werther Della Dera as the artist. I don't know why I'm looking it up; I know it by heart. Um, <laughs> uh, color by Mikhail Muerto and letter by Anne World Design. So this is the one about the the young girl with the really big eyes and uh, the art style. It's this art style, um, and basically mm-hmm. she's a monster slayer. She's she's trained since being young to be a monster slayer. Well, it's gotten a spinoff since uh, House of Slaughter, which is about the organization she works for. And um, we got a lot about her origin and what happened to her originally. Um, This is her second mission, but she's actually no longer part of the organization. They're trying to hunt her down, too. It's this whole thing. It's a really, really gruesome book. Um, And the the start of this new story, I think, is really good. Um, It's kind of straying away from the 
the same it's not going to be like in the same area like in the other one was like in a forested like a like almost like a northwest forest area this one is like a hot springs area and i think it's more of like a desert type and the main person she's going to be interacting with that seems to be like a a young hispanic girl who is like has no fucking patience for anybody and i really like her already so i really like this one i think it's a good start to the new york um like i said this is that's the main cover but i spoiled myself i got this cover Mm -hmm. with that Ooh, like a little panel that opens up that's cool then well like this cover which is the exact same thing but blood splattered okay oh yeah yeah so you gotta like put these in a frame one day i think it's really cool yeah definitely so really cool though i really enjoyed it um it's i mean if you have if you like horror movies it's it's straight up your alley especially monster killing kind of things and Mm -hmm. she's just such a great character i really like her so uh next up we're gonna wait before we move on can i can i say something can i address boom and boom's audience please where 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 is folklords boom (laughs) right (laughs) when is folklords coming back i uh i miss it i should message matt kent I was going to say, I'm the mats. Can we reach out to the mats? I mean, I don't want to pry maybe if it's not happening, uh, but also I would, I would like it to happen. I, I still think about that comic. <laughs> I do too. Yep. It was really good. <laughs> like, yes. There were like two or three books like that all at the same time. And it was mm-hmm. like, wow, this is incredible. Like that and wind. Yep. Like, oh, just so good. So. And um, yeah, so Boom is definitely one of my favorite studios. Also, shout out to Orcs by christy larson oh, i think that is actually getting a sixth uh a second series so i'm super excited to good. pick that up i'm mm-hmm. glad it is because it looked really cool and i know you really enjoyed it so. it's hard to find good fantasy comics you know so yeah all right well uh next up we're going to talk about oni press and uh we only got one oni press book this week and it's rick and morty infinity hour for those or number two, I should say, uh, for those who don't know, Rick and Morty Infinity Hour is kind of like an alternate dimension retelling of Rick's origin with Bird Person and how they became the resistance against the Republic. And it's written by Magdalene Visaggio, who is amazing. I love Mags. Uh, art by Mark Ellerby, colors by Leonardo Ito and letter by Crank. Um, the first issue was really good and I really liked it. This issue leans so heavily into the star Wars parody of it all that I just couldn't stop laughing. Um, <laughs> specifically, uh, the parody of Han Solo who I adored. He was amazing the entire time. Um, I love the, the thing with, uh, the unstable molecules are where Wobo's clothes. And like, I thought that was pretty funny. Like, I, I just really enjoyed the issue. I thought it was fun. And, um, it's, it's nice seeing Rick Young, specifically in the first issue, you actually get to see him with his wife. And I was saying, like, I know this yeah. is canon, but I think this is the most we've seen his wife. Yeah, like, this is the most, like, we've got a glimpse of, like, what potentially the, he was like and what the family li- dynamic was like, which was, of course, sad. Rick's <laughs> an asshole. <laughs> Big surprise. Yeah. Also, um, uh, of course, we have to talk about one like the star of this issue which is oodle canoodle who is a space poodle and keeps one facial like like uh facial expression the entire book except for one panel and i love that he was amazing so um but yeah really fun i like it um i like 
I like bird person in this quite a bit. I love bird person in general, just because of how literal he is. It's, it's always like a good mm-hmm. humor beat. So good stuff. I, I, I like this one. Um, some of the, some of the Rick and Morty stuff recently has been kind of avant-garde. <laughs> so it's nice <laughs> to kind of ground a little bit more. So, yeah, this is uh, the only thing that's really missing is Morty in this adventure, you know, and honestly, yeah. I kind of feel it a little bit. Like I like this Rick, you know, stuff. And I understand like, he's probably not going to, be in here but i don't know i think the smiths it's like the the jelly to rick's peanut butter you know it's like it just really works when they're in the show or when they're in the storylines i know you're you're like i didn't know you really like them i know you're a big fan of jerry especially so god jerry's so funny i love <laughs> jerry so much so, yeah <laughs> but yeah it's pretty cool hey maybe they'll jump in i i, I have a sneaking suspicion something at the end will happen like the real Rick and Morty will come in and be like, what's going on here? Like what's yep. this alternate reality, Rick? And just like, <laughs> or somehow it. like the Smiths start appearing. Yeah. It's because nothing is funnier to me than when Jerry and Rick have to be on an adventure together. And it's just, those that's my favorite episodes by far. <laughs> so annoyed. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next publisher we're going to talk about is going to be Cowboy Bebop's from Titan Comics. I said that backwards. Don't, yep. don't pay attention. <laughs> Didn't happen. Uh, so uh, the Cowboy Bebop uh, adaptation, which is based on the Netflix series from Titan Comics that I've really been enjoying. And every week I read it, I just remember that that show got canceled because people are haters. Uh, so thanks for that. Uh, written by Dan Waters, art by Lamar Matherin, colors by Roman Titoff uh, and Emilio Leche, and letters by Richard Starkings and Jamie Betancourt from Common Craft. Comic Craft. Here's the cover. I like the cover. It's really good. So the story here is, is that uh, our team, Spike, Jet, and Faye are currently trying to find a vest that if someone wears, they have preternatural good luck, basically. But it's hard to steal something like that from somebody because they have really good luck. So them and every other bounty hunter in the galaxy is trying to do it. Um, and it's really interesting. There, there's a whole subplot in this about noodles, which if you've ever watched Cowboy Bebop is a thing. Um, where they basically talked about like if like humans can see in three dimensions, but if you could see in a fourth dimension, it's time, and everybody would look like they're stretched out to infinity, and it's like like a noodle, and then it goes into this massive like existential statement about pot noodles and stuff. It's amazing. Like I loved it, but um, I really like the art. It's nice and rough. Like you can kind of see like it's not supposed to be like super pretty. And I really enjoy it. Kind of like sketchy. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I dig that. It, it gives it kind of like a, you know, Bebop is supposed to be a little grungy, a little dirty. Mm-hmm. And so I really like that that's there. So, um, but it's really good. And I like the designs are based on the ones from the show because I actually really like the looks of the actors from the show. Specifically, I like the fact that Fade is wearing clothes, which is cool, you know? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, uh, I really enjoy this. I hope maybe this will blow up. Maybe we'll get the show back. It's not going to happen, but I, I yes, yeah. Once Netflix cancels something, we've learned yeah. doesn't come back. But that's cool, especially cool. after one season. Like yeah. So, all right. Next up, uh, we are going to talk about AfterShock Comics, and one book I am very excited to talk about is Bylines in Blood Number Four. This is the finale to the four-part story written by erica schultz and von johnson art by anike letters by cardinal ray uh so here's the cover one thing we always uh, like one of our 
features on the show is we talk about the inside credits page for Aftershock because they always look like this and they use different colors. It's a really nice color. I really like it. So this one is about a journalist um, slash private detective who is basically trying to unravel corruption in like a like a cyberpunk world. And it's really cool. There's a character that has like an invisibility cloak. And so in the first issue, she's um, her mentor gets stabbed to death and they're trying to figure out how, and it, they see camera footage and it's just him like getting stabbed. There's nothing there. And someone in the visibility cloak basically. And so she's having to try to figure out how do you find an invisible assassin and stuff like that. It's really cool. Um, but this is the finale and I don't want to jump too deep into what happened because a, I want everybody to buy the trade and B I would be here for 20 minutes explaining this, but it comes to a really awesome logical conclusion. And there is a tease that, we could possibly come back because instead of the end, it says till the next case. Uh, if Aftershock is listening, yes, please. I really, really enjoyed this. I thought it was a lot of fun. I love some of the character designs. I love the main character a lot. Um, she's really, really cool. She's very angry and I really appreciate that. And um, her relationship with her family is a lot of fun too, because her parents are kind of rich and she's like, taking down the but they're not like opposed to her to like no we have money so we're against you but they're just like could, could you not could, could you could you calm down a little bit and i really like that like it's very realistic so yep and uh yeah that's it for bylines and blood hope for more um yeah next up last aftershock book this book i should have made liz read i don't know why i didn't think about it it's called naughty list and this is the first issue this is the cover in case you had any question about what I meant by naughty list. Um, yeah, definitely a dude in the Santa hat okay. <laughs> holding a bloody uh, uh, here's poker. The, here's, the, here's the credit page. Okay. So written by Nick Santora, art by Lee Ferguson, colors by Pippa Bolin and Jean Cho, and letter by Simon Bolin. Okay. So this is a story about a man from uh, Belgium, Belgium. And it's about his life. And when he was young, he met his beautiful wife and they got married. They had a baby. And all they do is like, it's like we swam in the river together. We sang by the fire in the winter. Everything is great. And he would go by the villages and the villages. There were poor kids who had nothing and they were sick and they were dying of the plague. And he's like, you know what? I will make them some toys. So he goes back to his, his home and he carves them some toys and he gives it to them. And then he started carving and carving and carving. And he just can't stop carving for some reason. Um, then his wife and his daughter grow old and die. And he doesn't age at all. Hmm. And he realizes he's immortal. And he's getting more and more of an urge to carve. To carve. Must carve more toys. He must distribute these toys. Oh, and geez. his legend starts growing. And so he starts getting letters from kids further away. Being like, I would like a toy, please. And so he's carving more. And now he's got his... his he realizes he can't do it by himself, so he, quote, need help. So I approached the only other outcast I knew, a tribe of little people that lived in the foothills, stupidly shunned for being different. My God. Amazing. This is a Santa origin story. It is, is a Santa a origin of... story. Okay. They start working out the logistics of everything. Like, how are we going to cross mount- or traverse mountains, cross oceans? And they're like, man, if only we had, you know, something that could do it. Oh, well, next day, reindeer just show up. And so there's some kind of fate making him do this now. And they make the point that hundreds of years past, my reindeer would 
proudly serve, grow old and die. And the next morning, another one magically appeared to take its place. So it's like Cupid the fourth and shit. This is the pictures on the wall. And then he's like, Jeez. and it wasn't just the reindeer. And it's the elves pictures on the wall. Oh, Lord. Oh, and, and the little people called themselves elves as a joke. Okay. So it's okay, okay to call them elves now. <laughs> um, so he's just trying to figure out, like, why is this happening? And it, it keeps going. It keeps going. And eventually he's like, he doesn't know how he's supposed to do all this. And um, there's a bit about the naughty list now. Yeah. Because uh, he's like, all these kids don't deserve toys. I've seen some shitty kids. So suddenly he has the thing that tells him who the naughty kids are. He's like, all right. And then one day he wakes up and, oh, and also the naughty list, first of all, A, there's a physical version of it, but also it's in his brain at all times too. So they made, he made a point. It also doesn't stop when they become adults. He knows what the hell, things. man? <laughs> so he's like, you know, every bartender took a $20 pill from the register. Every time little Jimmy rubbed one out to his French teacher, every gruesome murder was committed. I have to carry that shit with me in my head always. Wait, like, is it all the same level on the naughty? Like, is, it, is that all what puts you on the naughty list? <laughs> I mean, some of those seem maybe uh, more naughty than others. <laughs> and my, my favorite part Everyone thinks I'm a fat fuck because some soda company execs decided to put an obese version of me in all their ads. <laughs> I love that. Um, but then the naughty list is stolen and suddenly people are being killed and he realizes they're from the naughty list. Wait, so, so this is like Death Note, but Santa. So he's like, so he's, like <laughs> he's gonna him and this elf are gonna get vengeance, and that's where the issue ends. So I, okay. I think this is hilarious. It's ridiculous, and I love it, and I cannot wait to see where it goes. It's the balls to release a Christmas themed comic at the end of April is amazing. Right? <laughs> Just, <laughs> like, I'll be, uh, yeah, see where that's going. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a cool idea. I mean, that's one thing I like about Aftershock is they take a lot of chances. They don't, they don't rest easy, you know, so that's really cool. Um, but we'll see. We'll see where it goes. So uh, next up, we are going to talk about Dark Horse. Uh, Dark Horse Comics, I believe I only have one book this week. It's called We Have Demons. And uh, it's issue number two. Written by Scott Snyder, penciled by Greg Capullo, inked by Jonathan Galepion, colors by D- Dave McCaig, and letter by Tom Napolitano. This one's weird. And I actually am curious what you would think if you actually read it. Um, it's a world, it's our world, but basically the idea of angels and demons exist, but they're not religious in any way. Mm, okay. um, there's it's it's got this whole like elemental idea of uh the lightest element isn't on the periodic table and they call it halo and humans who interact with it are just naturally going to be pure they're not actually going to be good people and then there's the other one which is escaping me right now um but it's the heaviest one and it basically if humans even touch it it just corrupts them and turns them to demons and so it's got the angel and demon mythology without having to deal with the religion of it all which i really like and Halo is much more rare, and it's the only thing that can actually kill the demons is blades made of Halo. And so, Heck yeah, so who's ready to go be a demon with me? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like, I mean, the chances of you getting killed are pretty low. <laughs> the best part is, is um, the main character, she's initiated into the group, and she gets this dude... Who is a who was a corrupted demon who is kept pure by some halo, and is basically like a big gentle giant dude who loves her and okay. will protect her, and he doesn't even curse. He's like, don't use bad language. She's like, fuck you, basically. So I love him. He's funny. 
Um, but yeah, it's all about her and her father. I really like it. I, from what Josue told me, I think this started on Comixology and is just now being printed for real. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So, oh yeah, Comixology originals in the back. So, um, I dig it. I, 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 it's obviously like an early image style art with Greg Capullo being one of the Spawn artists. Um, so you kind of get an idea of that. It, 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 I, I liked it though. I'm curious to see where it goes. Um, super violent. I didn't want to show too much of the violence because it's very bloody. But um, yeah, really, really cool. Digging that. Um, next up, we are going to talk about the biggest of the indies. And we're going to talk about Image Comic Books. Oh, uh, yeah. This week. <laughs> I'm going to start with the number one. Bloodstained Teeth. Uh, this is a new series written by Christian Ward. Art by Patrick Reynolds. Colors by Heather Moore. And letters by Hatsan Atsmani Elhau. And... The story of this is kind of cool. I, I kind of dig this new turn, a little twist on a vampire story. It literally says in the front page, there are two types of vampire. One is born, one is made. Only firstborn vampires have the ability to make vampires. Uh, sorry, born? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, and then the Renesmee Twilight. Is the, okay, fine. Sorry, continue. <laughs> it's okay. The firstborns are rich, powerful, and have long watch from positions of power over human society. The world is theirs. Sips, which is the ones that are made, are vicious, unsatisfiable killers and are decreed forbidden by the firstborn. This is the story of those Sips and the vampires who made them. So it stars a guy, and I really like the art. Um, it's very noir. Um, I'll show you an example. Like, okay. Like bits of, it's super noir. But mm. this dude is a firstborn, and he will turn you into a vampire to a Sip just to be given like 10 K. And so he makes all these sips out there. And now the other, the, the, um, the firstborns are like, yeah, we're going to kill all these people. You need to kill these people. Cause you made them. And it was basically like, he's like, Oh, I didn't make them. And they're like, do you know, if you try to drink from someone you made it, like it's poison to you and it'll make you sick. He's like, they had like a sip. They're like, go ahead and take a drink. And he's like, uh, no, I'm good. <laughs> like, I'm not thirsty right now. So basically, it's like one of those, you know, he's under an ultimatum. He has to go and kill every single vampire he's made himself, which I think is pretty cool. I really like the art. And I just, I love the idea of like the firstborn vampires and then the second generation of vampires that are just completely different and the cast structure of that, which I think is really cool. It's like Vampire the Masquerade. It's, it's like you just have yeah. like one of the families and then the, what, Nostarafu? Nostarafi. <laughs> right. I like it because most of the time when you do like, um, like a cast system in vampires, it's always like, if you kill the master, you kill the creations. That's like the only thing you yeah. ever really see. I like this more where it's kind of like, no, they can't make anybody. Only the originals can make someone. So that's really cool to limit the population. Because okay. let's be honest, it would get ridiculous. Um, yeah. And I like the idea that, like, you know, you can't drink from your own progeny. Makes sense. That's a cool little twist. And yeah, I, I just think it's a cool idea. Um, I'm curious to see where it goes. Uh, it is also very violent. It's rated M for mature. So, um, but it does have a really strong noir touch, which is something I really enjoy. So. Uh, next up, we are going to talk about issue three of Step by Bloody Step. Story by Cy Spurrier. Art by Matthias Bergara. Colors by Matthias Lopes. And graphic design by Emma Price. And glyphology, not lettering, by Jim Campbell. Uh, this is the third issue. And we can see that the young girl is actually growing up as this goes on. And um, 
I really like this issue. I think issue two was my favorite issue with the the island and the raft and everything. I thought that was a really cool storyline. Um, this one has. I, I I thought this scene was probably the best part of the book, though. Like yeah, where she goes I, to the dance party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and everybody's looking at her, and she's all feeling all special. Also, I love this page. Yeah, like I just thought that was one of the coolest things. It took me a minute. I had to stare at it and be like, "What? What?" And I was like, "This is really cool." Um, but obviously, not everything's going to be okay in the end. And you also get a sense of, oh, maybe she can be real and not need the robot and stuff. But obviously, that doesn't turn out to be the case. Um, and it comes to kind of a heartbreaking end, which is really interesting. I- I'm loving this book. I wish Josue was here to talk about because I know it's one of his favorite books this year. Um, but yeah. I, I'm enjoying it uh, for what it is. I think it's going to be a really great book when we have a trade, and you can go through the whole. Well, there's only one more issue because I looked it up. So oh, is it only four? Yeah, it's a four part, or it says one of four. You know, so oh, I think it's a four parter. I don't know, man. I had to try to read this like three times, and um, you know me. Okay, sorry, Jose. Like, I mean, you guys know me. I'm not the best with, I guess, the abstract. You know, like it's hard for me. I think that's why I'm not like usually liking poetry or a lot of music because it's just kind of like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It it there there's a certain you have to be okay with like not understanding. Maybe like getting instead just having an emotion evoked. And I'm very much like analytical, and I'm like no. So this was a bit of a like I had a hard time getting into this um, because I have so many questions. Like at this dance party. So she's, this is the issue where she finally interacts with people. Is she just grunting at them? Like, or chuffing? I mean, like, what is going on? The dude's going to, how is he? I have so many questions. Like, she's at this party. Is she, like, behaving like an animal? Or is she talking to them like a person? They don't really explain that. I guess she's not talking because they don't have any of the word bubbles. Um, showing. Also, I'm like, does she, is she aging faster than everybody else, because the family there, you know, was from issue one. Th- that's yeah. at the end of this issue. And that kid is still a kid that met her when she was a kid, but she is not a kid. So that's a good catch. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly, I was, I'm, I'm honestly really, I think I'm hoping when we get the trade, when we get the fourth issue, we got it all together. There might be some more answers. I, I don't still know. have a lot of questions too. Well, the answer is again, it's like this is kind of a hard book for me to read because I feel like I really have to pay attention and kind of interpret it in my own way, which maybe is the point. Not a fan of that, but <laughs> that's because maybe out Just of lazy. Tell me what happens. <laughs> well, I don't know, you know, because I think like I gotcha. no, I understand. Uh, yeah, like for me, I have more questions when I'm reading this, and uh, this one was a little bit more interesting. It had actual characters, so I'd, again, maybe I'm just needing to get used to it. But it did make me realize how much like I actually read the sound effects in comics because there is nothing, there is no text on these pages yeah. and there's a lot of action scenes and just scenes in general. And I, yeah, I didn't realize how much I paid attention. I guess I absorbed sound effects and yeah. um, dialogue and st- narration on comics. And so I'm reading a comic without it. This to me feels like it would work better as like a music video, honestly. Like if this was a comic that had been set to music and like you a, like, could park song or something. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. No, but really, no, that's just, the first thing that popped in my head. I was or like, even like instrumental. I think you know, like it could be like an instrumental or something. But I just feel like sound is really missing when I'm reading this comic, and it's not just about the dialogue, but just kind of like sound in general is missing. So to me, I don't know. It feels like I feel that lacking when I read this. Um, that's what strikes me a lot. So maybe that says something about me, but yeah, I, uh, I definitely think I would have, pre- I'd like this more if this was like an animated music video or I was reading this, you know, online and there was like music in the background as you read it. Um, so yeah. that, that follows the story. Cause I just, to me, I just feel like there's something I'm having a hard time uh, absorbing. The thing that got me was at the end of the book, there's no like notes from the author being like, so glad we're here. You know, let, yeah, no. you're following so-and-so in her adventures. Like there's no information. And that's the one thing I'm kind of like, I would like something to like confirm that I'm interpreting it right. You know what I mean? If nothing else, you know what well, I mean? Well, or like, just, or, uh, yeah, I guess, like I said, it makes me realize how much like I actually do like, even if there was just some narration at the beginning and narration at the end, I don't know, you know, to me, it just feels like, what am I looking at? What am I reading? It makes it harder for me to connect, I think, because I'm also uh, just, there's not a lot there. Uh, At least there's interesting stuff. Like I was interested in the giant, especially when he takes the helmet off at the end of issue one. Mm. And, you know, they kind of have some stuff implied, but there's really just not a lot. I don't know. Just, it feels for me it's superficial i guess when i'm reading it so it, uh, maybe issue four we'll wrap it up and i'll uh change my mind but yeah that's what i'm hoping on i'm hoping four gives us some closure answers some questions gives us a chance to go back and read it and make it click more i guess mm-hmm. so it's definitely a comic i think you should read all at once like uh you know like binge because yeah if you're reading one issue at a time um, I think that would be difficult. I mean, maybe again, maybe this is just me, but I would have no memory probably of what I had <laughs> read. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, part of what we remember is dialogue, lines of dialogue. So when a yeah. specific thing happens, you remember that moment. So or names. Issue two, three weeks after the issue one, you're like, wait. Yeah. Or like, well, names. It's like there's not even any names for the characters, places, yeah. anything. I mean, it really is like something that has no language besides visual. It also travels very fast. Yes, the pacing is very fast. So again, for, it's for a very a non-verbal story. It's yes, right. Fast. Again, that's why I feel like maybe like if this were a music video and you kind of had the music to like kind of carry you on it. But yeah, it's very fast-paced and non-verbal. So you gotta really pay attention. But I mean, it's not bad. I, I do like i mean i think like especially that if it's only going to be four issues it's you know it's worth a read yeah. for sure it's different <laughs> all right next up is rogue sun number three so let me tell liz about this there was a book that came out called radiant black and radiant black was a book from image and it starred a young boy who had like i transform and put on a suit su- superpowers kind of like a power ranger essentially sentai um this has become a whole universe for image they have multiple books in it, and it's been really, really good. Uh, Rogue Son is the third hero to come out of this. I put hero in quotes. Um, written by Ryan Perot, art by Abel. Uh, backup artist is Francisco Mor- Mortariano. Uh, Chris O'Halloran coloring and Becca Carey lettering. So um, that's what his helmet looks like. He's actually a really cool character. And this story is actually the story of the second Rogue Son who inherited the powers from his father. 
Um, and him and his father are estranged. And it's really cool. I, I actually like the the way, basically, we found out in the last issue, the father had another family after leaving his mother and has other kids. And they're upset that they didn't get the powers. The dad bequeathed it to his oldest son. And they're like, I don't know, maybe he just loves him more than us. You know, Maybe there's something more to that. And then the father's ghost, not ghost, but like a remnant of him, is it instructing He's him? He's like, no, I him? hate that guy. He, he, he I hate says, He literally <laughs> says like, I wouldn't put either of them in danger. That's why you got it. Yeah. Literally. He's like, I love him. That's a younger, oldest child syndrome, man. It's like, <laughs> yeah. parents really do love the younger kids more. <laughs> yeah. But the bad guys are really interesting in this book. There's a group of werewolf vampires who are rednecks, which is just amazing. Um, and so that's who they most recently fought. And a lot of the conflict involves him. And Wait, did you say siblings. werewolf vampires? Yes, they're both. <laughs> Oh and they're also rednecks. What in the twilight hell? No. <laughs> oh, this, this is set in Louisiana, by the way. Oh, amazing. So, okay. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I really, I really like the art and I love how this ties into Radiant Black, which is a lot of fun. Here's a better shot of him as a character. I love the design. Yeah. It's uh, kind of like it's really cool. Batman meets Firestorm. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, that's a good comparison, but, um, but it's really cool. And, uh, there's also, we found out in this issue, apparently, his half-sister is actually the bad guy, which we thought it was actually his half-brother, because at the end, she's got this weird mask on, and she resurrect or freed one of his villains. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to see what happens there. I like Rogue Sun, though. I, I can't wait for it to come back to, um, to Radiant Black and bring it all back together, because now there's like this whole universe there, which is really fun, so... There's also, in case anyone's curious, Radiant Red is the other book, and that is one of the other Radiants, because now there's a team of Radiants, much like the Power Rangers, there's four of them, and Radiant Red is one I think you would really like. She, uh, I was going to say, Red is always the best one. <laughs> she's she's angry, mm-hmm. and she's in a relationship she can't stand, and but she loves the guy, but he's just like a compulsive gambler and keeps losing money. Oh, she's no. Like, she's like, I want this relationship to work. But and he does too, but he just can't stop gambling. We're we're in debt, so she gets these powers, and she's like, "Okay, I'm gonna rob a bank." And so she oh, does. God. She's just like, you know, I robbed a bank. I have the money, and there's complications coming with it. And she's she's more conflicted than Radiant Black, and it's just really interesting. I like her a lot. Like she's my favorite. Ra- Radiant Red can do everything but see the red flags. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think that relationship is going to end by the the end of that series. That's a mini. Unfortunately, I wish it was like a full on. So. Which brings us to our last image book. And I know Liz is very excited to talk about this one. I think Liz has been waiting to talk about this book for for years. I know. A podcast saga number 58 written by Brian K. Vaughn, drawn by Fiona Staples, letters and designed by phonographics. First of all, Liz has been reading saga since it came back. So we haven't really talked about in general. 2012 really, but yes. Well, yeah, but like I'm saying like, You've been you've been catching up since it came back, like the, yeah. The, you've read. Oh yeah, I've been current. I've been actually staying yeah. current with Saga. Mm-hmm. What do you think so far of the return? Before we get to this issue, um, I want to. My honestly, especially of reading this issue, I was just thinking, Brian K. Vaughn, who who has hurt you? Because, are you all right? Do, do you need me uh, antidepressants man i know like <laughs> maybe i'm just saying after reading paper girls which was 
brought me down. That one really brought me down. Like, I'm going to try to read it again when I'm maybe in a better mood. <laughs> but wow, that one, I almost was ups- I And then, yeah, Saga. And that's what he wrote on hiatus from yeah. Saga, you know, like, and then I'm coming back to Saga. And uh, yeah, I don't know, man. He, It's like you're dealing with the aftermath of, I don't know, like, I, I don't want to. I, <sighs> I mean, who's not reading Saga? Like, if you're if you're not reading yeah. Saga at this point, you you, you yeah. are probably just not going to. But I, I you, had a, I had a, there like, were some for, major character deaths, like before the in twenty before the hiatus, and then they, these chapters are all dealing with the fallout, right? And um, we're we're by the way, we're fine talking spoilers on Saga. Okay, yeah. So again, if you're not reading Saga, you're not going to be reading it at this point. I know it's like uh, so. But, so that, I was actually going to yeah. ask you about that because my main thing with this, besides the fact I love it, it's a great book still. But I miss Marco. I'm not over yes. it yet. I still have not gotten over and it. And Prince Robot. I miss all the characters. I really I like liked... Prince Robot. But I, yeah. I don't feel a void for him. Yeah. I feel a void for Marco. There's just right. something wrong. Which maybe like, is intentional because literally all the characters are grieving and missing him. That's the whole point of it. Yeah, I think it's done well. Uh, um, uh, oh, but no, you yeah. know what made me think that was... Um, the, the, the end. The end where... Uh, okay, I'm just scared that... They reveal that uh, I can't even remember his name. That Muppet creature dude with the Goose. robe. No, Goose is fine. I'm okay. scared about. Is it Bob? Bobo? What the uh, the uncle character that's kind of watching? Um, oh yeah. The kids right now. They have that real creepy thing oh, where him. he's. Yeah, they reveal his backstory. He did something horrible, and then the. Um, captain is like oh we're too cut from the same cloth you know and like mm-hmm. they walk off together and i don't know why i'm just scared that it's going to turn out he hurt children or something because like the, <laughs> yeah that's what i mean i'm like brian brian i need i'm gonna ask you like are you i, I just man alana alana's having a tough time shout out that's the, like it's hard being a single mother much harder when you're a single mother space smuggler drug smuggler slash i mean she's just like got nowhere to go and dealing with people that she you know cannot be trusted so yeah. with two vulnerable little children which i don't know man i would not i know i get her situation and i guess she trusts this dude because it's maybe been a year or so but i wouldn't have left those kids if i were her i feel like okay. alana sometimes does stuff that I don't know, man. She's very cavalier sometimes about. Well, that's just the thing. She's always been that person. Yeah. And Marco's always been the rock. Yeah. And she's still kind of that person, not realizing she doesn't have that rock anymore. You know. What right. I mean? so, the backup. I mean, yeah, she's lost everybody that actually cares about those kids. So leaving them with strangers, I'm like, dude, red flag number. 86 billion so yeah i'm hoping this i mean they do tease at the end that some of the older characters will be coming back especially goose of course coming back maybe to just be brutally killed um terrified (laughs) i know right like uh so i'm i'm hoping that will not happen because i loved all of those characters featured and so yeah I, i just have to bring that up i have to talk about this last page because the way these photos look, is I know, because cool. the other two are like security camera footage. Right, and this one looks like someone, like the bad guy, walked up to Goose and said, "Can I get a picture?" And he's like, "Sure." Yes. <laughs> like, he waves. He's a little white, like seal, and and a little farmer out overalls and a sun hat, and he's just got a basket of flowers or something, and he's waving at the camera, and it's like, yeah, yeah I love Goose. 
Gus. I don't know, actually know how you're supposed to say it. Um, I, I think it's Goose. Goose, yeah. Goose. So that's what, and, that's um, how everybody in the fandom says it. I'll say that. So. Yeah, so, but um, I am really enjoying it. It's just, it, you know, it's definitely one, one of the, the best uh, comics. I really like it. I love everything about that series. The art, the writing, the characters, um, they're all just, it's just a really good, fun sci-fi space opera, I guess is kind of what I would maybe classify yeah. it as space opera. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. There's a lot of characters to keep track of now. And yes. so we'll go like two issues without seeing. Also somebody. scared about <laughs> that. Like they're going to start calling. I don't know, man. It introduced a whole new pirate crew. I'm like, Oh man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, uh-oh. we haven't even seen the will in like two issues. Like, uh, good. He can so. stay on timeout uh, for a while. Not. He can. No, I know. I like, actually, I like that whole cast too. And, um, you know, but it's like, yeah, he can be in timeout for a while. Um, <laughs> the less we see of the, that side of the story, the better, which is interesting because it's like, it really is like this, saga is really about these two factions which is kind of mirroring the two factions you know wreath and um uh, fall i forget the other planet i don't know there's a lot of duality uh, that's kind of echoed throughout the series and it's like humanizes both sides um so yeah it's good good stuff saga's back i mean i'm gu- i guess i'm glad i mean at the same time when saga wasn't back you know it was like this liminal like this uh like schrodinger's comic <laughs> like, and it was an amazing joke because we we're kind of like where's saga <laughs> like yeah. it's this constant where's saga yeah well it's and back now it's, back, we're like, now oh, it's gonna be like never mind saga you go back on hiatus <laughs> just kidding no i'm I'm glad it's back it'll, it'll be, be nice like, to have an like ending george r. r martin he's gonna be like every time someone asks where's saga i killed another beloved <laughs> i know oh my god right yeah but I, we're getting an ending it sounds like so i'll be uh we're halfway through and yeah also, your, your description of his of uh, his state of mind while writing this, when you're like, "What? Who hurt you?" It would just it flashed me back to Dan Harmon, like late community yeah. movie Rick and Morty, where he was very depressed, and you could tell, "Yes, what the fuck happened?" It really That's comes out through the art, right? And it's just like, dang. Dude. I mean, like he talks about, and again, one of the themes I think is like it's him processing his feelings on parenthood and how, as a person, do you bring your kids into a world that's all messed up, which. I don't know that to me, I'm always just like, I think you're overthinking things, dude, like the world. (laughs) Anyways, I want to be like, if you feel that way, truly, like, I don't know, man, I I think like, we're all just little micro on a tiny rock in space. Like, it really doesn't matter, man, do what you need to do to be happy with your life <laughs> like and your choices nothing, and if you nothing matters no really <laughs> nothing matters so yeah if you have kids you have kids just do the best you can you know i mean that's literally been humanity's whole story um by the way movie that explores that theme in a really good way and a positive way and processing feelings of parenthood everything everywhere all at once it literally addresses the whole like hot take nothing, <laughs> yeah hot take nothing matters it's like nothing matters life is meaningless and nothing matters cherish the moments that you have with the people you love like i don't know it's really good so yeah yeah we'll see which side saga ends on right now it's definitely on the side of uh nothing matters life kind of, i don't know it goes back and forth for me so if a bagel appears in this story i'll be like 
mind blown because that's a that's a that's an everything everywhere all at once reference there oh, okay i was like oh, i don't get it a bagel <laughs> with everything on it yeah anyways all right moving on gotcha. <laughs> unless you got any other thoughts on saga no i don't we're gonna talk about the big two now okay. and uh i'm gonna start with dc comics and i have a pile of dc way more than marvel this week so we need some quick fire for some of the easy ones uh, first of all, Justice League number 75. Um, this one is, I, I bought it. We, you know, we normally don't re- actually review Justice League. Um, but I bought it because, of course, as anyone who's been paying attention knows, this is the death of the Justice League. And I kind of had to know what happened. So, written by Josh Williamson, pencils by Rafa Sandoval, inked by Jordi Tarragona, colors by Matt Herms, and lettered by Josh Reed. Um, so I just, I don't know how I feel about this. Um, the Justice League are brought into, um, are brought into this conflict by the, the, the Justice League of the multiverse. And, um, it's, it's just really interesting. So like the Justice League at this point, cause just Liz, I know you're not really reading Justice League. Um, the Justice League at this point are Aquaman, Martian Manhunter, Wonder Woman, Superman, Batman, Green Lantern, Zatanna, Hawk Girl, and Black Adam. With who is a hero now, by the way, which is I the was best like, thing to interesting do lineup. All right. Yeah, a lot of power, right? <laughs> and then the the um Justice League Incarnate, which is the uh multiversal Justice League, is uh the Flash from um uh, Earth Zero. Dino Cop from Earth 41, Mary Marvel from Earth 5, Aqua Woman from Earth 11, Captain Carrot, which, yes, is a giant rabbit from Earth 26. Oh, that's cool. Thunder from Earth 7, and President Superman, who's a multiversal black Superman, who's also president. <laughs> president Superman. He's actually a really great character. So basically, they're like, there's a bad thing going down. We need to go fight it. I don't want to get into the details, but it, a bad thing's going down. And they have to fight. A lot of bad guys, like every major bad guy, just ever fought. Dark sides, dark army. I see he traded in this. The it's mini not even skirt. His. It, It's not. It's even not his. dark side. Oh, okay. oh no, it, that's him. It's Pariah's the bad guy. Oh, okay. He, he, but they're all under his control, so it's also like, um, what's his name? Is it Black Skull? I can't remember the guy that did uh, Black Lantern Corps. The Black Lanterns. Um, okay. And like all these bad guys, every major bad guy. It's stupid. Oh, Doomsday's in the background. Like, yeah. This kite man making an no. appearance. <laughs> Challenger man. <laughs> Polka so dot. They, have this bi- they have this big fist fight. Now, I told you who the Justice League is this right now. Green Arrow is also there because when they were trying to bring Black Canary in, like they were just getting teleported without their control. He's like, no, you don't, and just grabbed on, basically. Um, and so he um he he's along too. So there's a moment here where Green Arrow ends up saving the day. Basically, like there's a machine that's causing everything, and so Green Arrow fires it. There's a really cool moment where it like he fires it perfectly, and it goes between everybody's arms and stuff, so it gets to where it needs to go. That's cool. Close the perfect shot, blows up the machine, and then Doomsday just crushes Green Arrow into the ground. Jesus. All right then. He's dead. Huh. Wait. So is this DC canon or is this like an alternate? This is canon. Oh, okay. Interesting. And then Pariah used his ultimate abilities and kills Batman, huh. Superman, and Wonder Woman. 
Oh, yeah. So this is like a redo of when the big three were missing. And then so, like... <laughs> kills um, Aquaman, Hot Girl, uh, John Stewart, Green Lantern, uh, Martian Manhunter, everybody except yeah. for Black Adam. Black Adam is the only one who survives. Well, that makes sense. And he gets sent back. Uh, Hulk style in Infinity War, where he's like, Thanos is coming. Uh, I like that. Um, and so, Black, and literally, he uh, looks, so, like, he looks like, I mean, Wait, <laughs> so, so I'm sorry, is the plot going to be back at Black Adam sent back in time to warn everybody that this is no. going to happen? Okay, I was I like, because that'd be kind of funny if it's a villain that like has that role, you know? They're doing the, they're doing the second generation of the Justice League, are there? Okay. So, it's like John Kent and stuff are the ones that find him, so. Mm. Um, here's my issue with this. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, at least all have an ongoing series right now. Yeah, so we're just going to... I hate when DC doesn't keep up with canon. Yeah. Like, I really hate that. They're the worst for it. Sliding scale, man. They'll just say, oh, yeah, this happens after their series is wrapping up. They'll come back to life at the end of the crossover. Like, yeah. But they kind of make the, the Justice League, and I'm kind of like, Aquaman just started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All of a sudden, Arthur's like, hey, I gotta go. Uh, we're gonna do gonna something. Go yeah, he's like, I don't know. They say something about a pariah fight. I'll be back in a couple weeks, and <laughs> yeah. it just never comes back. A uh, couple more quick fire ones, uh, much quicker this time. Aquaman Green Arrow, mm-hmm. number seven. Um, this is the wrap-up of the story written by Brandon Thomas, penciled by Ronan Cliquette, inked by Eau Claire Albert, uh, colored by Ulysses Arriola, and lettered by Josh Reed. They wrap up the story nicely. It's, it's good. I'm not going to get too much into it. If you guys like the two characters, it's a great pickup, and it would be a really good... Um, Wait, is, uh, Ollie, is Ollie English? No. Oh, darn. I was going to be like, fish and chips. You know, it's like a nice uh, tagline. Hey, all right, well, sorry, never mind. He lives in Seattle. I mean, like at one point, uh, there's a lot of fish there. Fish right? and poutine. Uh, oh, I don't no, know. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he likes Doritos. So uh, <laughs> the only thing I don't like about this is the last five issues seems like it should have been a whole separate issue. And it feels like they rushed through it because they didn't have enough issues. That was my yeah. criticism of that book. Next up, Aquaman number three, um, which has been a really, really good book lately, by the way. Um, I, yeah, we'll see. Um, written by Chuck Brown and Brandon Thomas, art by Max Rayner, colored by Hi Fi, and lettered by Ann World. Aquaman is a team up book, Liz, with Aquaman, mm-hmm. Black Manta on the good side for once, <laughs> and Jackson Hyde, Black Manta's son, who is now Aquaman. And that looks like Calder, uh, the way you just showed. It's kind of loosely based on him, we think, but then it wouldn't okay. be Calder like DC canon. Okay. Aw, so, it's too bad. But this he's he's Black Manta's son. Yeah. He's currently Aquaman and he has the um the water control powers that Mira has, where she, mm-hmm. you know, water magic. So he's kind of a little bit of everything. And it's kind of them teaming up. They're they're trying to work towards the same thing, but Jackson refuses to work with Black Manta, so they're kind of like also opposed. Yeah. Um so it's really weird seeing Arthur and Black Manta working together, but I, I'm really digging this, actually. <laughs> it should be like, we make an odd couple. <laughs> <laughs> um, we do get to see Aqua, uh, we get to see Jackson team up with Batwoman for a while, which is a lot of fun, because I just love Batwoman. She's like, got a great design. Um, he has to go to a, f- a fancy party, so he dresses up, and he looks good. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just like the character design a lot. He's also, by the way, um, to also separate him from Calder, he, I believe he's gay. 
Yeah, okay. he's at least bi because he's in a relationship with the dude. But so that's another like thing with it. So um, I don't know if they don't want to make Calder that because isn't Calder like dating someone in. I have to watch that show. I honestly can't even remember. It's been years. But hey, you know what? Quick tangent. Speaking of Young Justice, did you have you kept up with any of the newest episode spoilers? Absolutely not. Oh my god. Okay, normally I didn't. I would not watch the show in a while. But you will never. You will never guess who just appeared in the newest episode of Young Justice. Uh, Damien. No, I'm gonna okay. give you a hint. Okay. It's uh, a lantern. Joe? No. It's Razor, Joe? the Red Razor. Lantern. No way. <laughs> yes, they brought. So they I did an episode of Young Justice where they actually had the original creators of the Green Lantern animated series, and they actually have Razor and Kilowog and Hal Jordan appear in this episode, and Razor is we- dual wielding a blue and a red lantern ring, but they have them. Yeah, I know. He dual wields now. I'm like, this is the most very scary Stu character ever. I freaking love it. And um, yeah, Razor is in the animated canon. I, again, you know, because Green Lantern, the animated series, was a show that five people watched, including myself for some reason. And me. <laughs> and yeah, I made Keith watch. And I was like, yeah, this episode's really not my favorite, but this next episode. Anyways, all the, all the episodes with Razor and Aya. And oh. um, yeah, he's still looking for Aya. And um, that's basically what it kind of leaves off on with a little hint that I, I think they actually show Aya somewhere maybe that was a different show but anyways yes the green lantern the animated series characters are part of the young justice canon which i love i like that i Me like too. that they, they made them the same universe and yeah I dude like look razor. how i liked razor so like razor was the best <laughs> look how they uh look, by the way look it up and see how they they translated him from 3d to 2d um oh, it's pretty God. pretty good so yeah yeah all right, I'll look that up later. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, sorry, uh, I just razor's no, no, back. It's fine. <laughs> so, um, next up is Teen Titans Academy, mm-hmm. um, another book I think of Liz jumped. Oh my god, I just saw it. Um, <laughs> so another. Yes. Oh, he's so emo boy. I love it, dude. It's great, and these they finally have his hat off, and he's got the white hair. Anyways, yeah. yeah right. Anyway, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, Teen Titans Academy. I think Elizabeth enjoyed this book because Teen Titans Academy, uh, first of all, written by Tim Sheridan, art by Tom Derenick, color by Peter Pantazis, and letter by Rob Lay. Uh, this is issue 14. It's exactly what it sounds like. The Teen Titans are now running a school to train heroes. And there's three levels of Titans. There's the, there's the, um, the faculty, which is the senior Titans, the ones you know. The five from the cartoon plus Donna Troy, basically. Um... Then there's the active duty Titans. Keith's which favorite, are like, Donna Troy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, other characters show up, like Garth showed up at one point. But yeah. Bunker. Um, there's the second level of Titans, which are the graduates and are uh-huh. the active ones who actually go on missions. And Bunker is one of those. Amazing. Bunker, still going strong. <laughs> he's actually, he talks some shit in this issue. It's pretty funny. That's awesome. Um, and then there's the students who aren't mm-hmm. officially heroes yet. They have to graduate to become heroes, but they go on it's missions like of supervisors. Tiny Reyes or no, anybody these are important brand new characters. Uh, right. Okay, All right. a lot of fun ones. There's some really good ones, uh, including Gorilla Grodd's uh, nephew, Gorilla Greg. Okay, that's cute. That's funny. Is yeah. he wearing like a little sport jacket and like clothes? 
Yes, he is. I love or a little like suit and tie. Oh man, that's yeah. great. Um, and then uh, there's a bunch of new characters. I I really like them. Uh, there's a speedster who is missing her the bottom half of her legs, so she has like the the <laughs> what do they call this this the yeah, the scissor prosthetics. There's a word for it specifically. Okay. And she's a speedster with those, which is really cool. Like, it's just a really cool design when she runs. Um, and then there's a character named Stitch, which is everybody's favorite, which we'll talk about in a bit. But basically, this is the first graduation ceremony. And um, um, Bart Allen, the second Bart Allen. No, not Bart Allen. Sorry. Um, Wallace West, the black mm-hmm. Wally West. Uh, Tubi and someone else I can't remember graduate that day and so they graduate uh, this is Stitch Stitch is a created like person made out of fabric okay and does not have a gender and makes that pretty expressly clear Stitch also breaks the fourth wall occasionally in a Deadpool kind of way another Deadpool character Woo. but it's fun I really yeah. like Stitch though um, and Stitch is also a magician mm-hmm. so they know they're, they're, their specialty is magic and uh, has no concern whatsoever for danger and stuff. So, um, which I, I like Stitch quite a bit. Uh, Stitch, um, yeah, good character. I know it's a fan favorite. So, mm-hmm. uh, something happened recently in this book where the headquarters was attacked and Beast Boy and Cyborg were horribly injured. Aww. Now, during future <laughs> and Cyborg state, the second time, no, just kidding. <laughs> in future state. There was a character called Cybeast. Oh no. Uh, which was a combination of the two of them for some That reason. sounds terrible. And we weren't told what happened. <laughs> this is like a, a cyber can, like enhanced shape shifting animal thing. That's like that's literally that what it is. An abomination. Okay. Um this is the origin of what, what happened with him and why he is what he is. Um so that's what he looks like. Oh man, that's I'm sorry, Victor. I'm sorry. Well, they're uh, both in there. Garfield. I know. It's weird. Like they're both talking at the same time oh. with the sharing of body. And then Raven goes to kiss him. Yeah, and she's like, Wait, is this the Garfield or Victor? <laughs> well, and it's just they're both talking at the same time. They're not they don't take turns. They're both oh, there at the same time. It's rough. It's just like Victor's voice is like a robotic like speaker. That's what it is. So, um, she's like, um, she's, I, I like the line she said, um, he says, I just, I wish I could describe what it is to be yourself and someone else at the same time. And she's like, at least if someone else is someone you love. And I'm like, oh, that was really sweet, you know? Mm-hmm. And he goes, I love you, Ray, but unless the three of us want to take our relationships to some freaky new levels. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No I'm kidding. Like, I love it because that's the kind of joke we would make and they address yes. it immediately. <laughs> that was literally what I was thinking, but I was like, mm, I'm going to try to be PC. But yeah, no, I'm like, yeah. so that's a weird relationship. I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I guess it'll work out. It's it's something from Future State. I don't think it'll last very long, personally. Yeah. But, uh, I've really enjoyed this book, though, because it is about the students more. This is really the first arc they've done with. Yeah, it kind of sounds like the Marvel. Strange um, Academy? Yes. We made the exact same comparison. Yes, <laughs> uh, yes. The first issue. <laughs> so, um, but I'm really enjoying it, and um, I love the students. Some of the students are really, really cool, so it's it really makes it interesting. We're now focusing on the faculty more, which is weird. Um, 
and also the school's named the Roy Harper um, Teen, Teen Titan Academy. It's Roy Red was, Arrow. Because Roy was dead. Because Roy was dead at the time. He comes yeah. back to life and he shows up. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> And then they don't change it, even though he's back. They're like, "Ah, oh, we like it." So. Well, it's better than the speedy school. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> young, the speedy school of young, gifted young youngsters. That sounds like a. It sounds like an online college. Yeah, fast tracked. Graduate in nine months. <laughs> oh man. Well, good stuff. Anyways, next up is the Rogues. Now, anyone who knows anything about me knows. I think the best group of villains in comics is Flash's villains, the rogues. I think they're the best villains. There's no competition to me. Captain um, Cold alone. Captain Cold alone. Yeah, my favorite. So this is an ultra plus size DC book. It's like one mm-hmm. of the big magazine size ones. And it's a future story about the rogues. Is that Gorilla Grodd too on there? It is Gorilla Grodd. So nice. uh, written by Joshua Williamson, drawn by Leo Max, colored by Matthias Lopes and Jason Wordy, letter by Hassan Atzmani and how, um, this series stars Captain Cold, Golden Glider, Trickster, Bronze Tiger, Magenta Heatwave, Mirror Master, and Gorilla Grodd as himself. Um, and basically, this is in the future. All the rogues have been captured. All of them have you know, served their time. Some of them are on parole. Some of them are trying to do the right thing. But they're all basically being watched. And they can't ever interact with each other again. Mm-hmm. Because they're all, you know, they all commit all these crimes together, including Captain Cold and Golden Glider, who are brother and sister. They can't see each other. Really so Captain Cold is like trying to work this job in the first issue, and it's like at a warehouse, and they're like, "Is it Amazon?" <laughs> they, they don't make them. They don't. You know, yeah. but, but they're like, they literally, the, his boss is just like, "Hey, we're going to give you a promotion." He's like, "Really? Thanks so much." And he's like, "Don't worry about it. you. Worked hard." You promoted to like, customer. No, well, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Well, he walks away and then he's, set, he's sitting outside the office and he hears the boss talking to somebody else being like, ah, I got that done. It's just like, that's um, with him being an ex-con, that's like a like a diversity check or something like uh, that. And then it's just like, yeah, w- w- what kind of a joke is he? And they all just make fun of him. Captain Cole's just sitting there listening. So he ends up breaking parole and gets the group back together. My God. Get the and gang back he, together. He has to talk them all into it. And he's like, we just need one more job. And the job is to go to Gorilla City and steal all the gold that Gorilla Grodd has. So it's going to be a heist. That's great. It's a heist. And this issue and two should be the boys are back in town. And this is issue two. So <laughs> okay. The best part is they get to Gorilla City, and let's see if we create this. Um, it looks like this. Nice. This okay. Is treehouse. They're like, there's gold here. And yeah, like, I swear there is, and they're like, okay, and they find out it's actually a trick, and they find a tunnel, and underground is the real Gorilla City. Ah, okay, wow, that's uh, okay. I thought that was like a sexy gorilla on a pinup at the bottom there at the ads, but it was. Oh no, that's a Coke ad. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we get to see Gangster Gorilla Grodd, who looks awesome. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> and basically, this has become Las Vegas. Nice. But there's also like a servant class of captured humans. Okay, that's weird. But kind, um, of, kind of enslaved. What the? Okay, Planet of the Apes four now. <laughs> and they also do this really great mafia kind of thing where he's like a mafia boss, and he's like killing a guy who questioned him, and his wife comes in with this baby and sees it, and she's like, "You promised me you wouldn't do this anymore," and he's just like, oh "I told you not to come." Like it's it's really it's like straight up Soprano shit. I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> 
but they get down there and they're trying to figure out, okay, we didn't plan on this gigantic city with all these fucking gorillas. How are we going to do this? Yeah. And they come up, they, they do come up with a plan and they're about to enact it when the issue ends. Is it, a, if it, it doesn't really, involve them running around in gorilla suits, I'm disappointed. Well, there, there are humans there. So I know, but, but at the end, this detective dude catches cold and says, cold, what the fuck are you doing here? Basically. So, Oh my God. Gorilla so yeah, detective. I, I really liked it. It's only going to be three issues and two issues. This feels really very much like the Citadel of Rick's episode. <laughs> I, I actually really like that DC's yeah. doing these experimental things because they're black labels, so they're not canon. Yeah. And they can, it can, they be, can be cool. Mature. Honestly, I wish this was like the real, I mean, why not? You know, yeah. them trying to stick to a canon for the movies. I'm like, DC, you're not good at it. So you guys, <laughs> when you try hard to do that, your stuff stagnates. So yeah. go crazy. That's cool. Yeah. This one sounds like a fun, a fun uh, yeah. run. I really like it. And again, I just love these characters. So that's part of it too. So, mm-hmm. and there's some cute like character moments in it where it's like him and, Golden Glider talking for the first time in like 10 years. Yeah. And catching up on each other's lives. And like, you know, it's just really good. So, all right. Next up, Trial of the Amazons number three. Uh, I got this cover, which is one of the deluxe covers. Mm -hmm. So let me catch up on Trial of the Amazons. Um, First of all, creative team. Written by Becky Clunan, Michael Conrad, Vita Ayala, Stephanie Williams, and Joel Jones. Art by writers, oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, art by Elena Casagrande, Laura Braga, Skylar Partridge, Adriana Mello, and Joel Jones. Colors: Romulo Fajardo Jr. and Jordi Belair. Letter: Pat Brousseau. Uh, this is a crossover of multiple books, so it's everybody working together. Ah, oh, okay. Um, so basically, it's this new era of Wonder Woman, which is really good, where we discover there's actually two two more tribes of Amazons we don't know about. Um, and the Bog- cool. Bogman like Doll, which are more like warlike. And more combative. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure where they're located. I can't remember off the top of my head. And then there is the um, oh, I forgot their name. It's they're in they're in Brazil. Um, they are oh, cool the, to take so like to that, tie into the future state. That one. brings in Yara Flor. Hey. So basically, they show up and they're like, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna compete the three tribes, and whichever tribe wins this competition, mm-hmm. their queen becomes queen of all the of all Amazons." And of course, Diane is like, and I will be independent of all three, but also compete. And it's like, like, that's one thing we know. So like, just stop, Diana. Mm -hmm. But it's really cool because uh, I actually really like Donna Troy in this run. Yeah. Uh, Cassie's also in this run. Like everybody remotely related to Wonder Woman is in this, including Nubia, who's the current uh, uh, queen of the Amazons. (laughs) Okay. So, um, long story short, uh, they end up fighting chaos, like the embodiment of chaos, and um, they—it's it, just really cool. This is the last fight scene and stuff, um, and they do a really good job. And it's really cool. I love the art. I just absolutely adore the way that Yara Flora is drawn. It's yeah, Joel no, Jones. she's great. Like Joel Jones's art is just some of my favorite art. Just great expressions on her. She's cute. Cute character, so, cute design. Mm-hmm. So Nubia is officially going to be queen of Amazons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now Yara Flora has officially inherited the name Wonder Girl. Which there's oh, a great moment. Oh, that's cool. There's a great moment, though, where she's like, she like Dinah puts the new TR on her and says, yeah. and now to be known in the world as Wonder Girl. She goes, she's Wonder like, Girl. Nope. She's like, you know, I'm in my 20s, right? She's like, no, no, it was meant to be. She's like, I'm just a little insulted being called a girl. She's like, mm. 
well, symbolism aside, when you live as long as I have, she's like, I'm not saying I don't appreciate it. Like, they have this, like, <laughs> yeah. conversation. The title, Girl, you know, just, like, it's really great. And she goes, seems like you have your hands full with two Wonder Girls already. She's like, well, Cassie and Donna. It's like, it's a Batman thing, like, with the Robins. Should I yep. be worried? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? She's like, I'm number three. Oh, my God. So, Cassie and Donna. Donna, I'm just laughing that Donna still knowing donna's origin <laughs> uh, yeah we don't talk about Donna's. <laughs> anyways yeah moving on um, moving on but cool. no, i like was, wonder girl number three Woohoo! it was a really really good crossover it really highlighted artemis had a really big role in it too mm-hmm. um which is husway's favorite wonder person yeah uh, so that was really cool um and just showcasing these different tribes there's a lot we can do with it right and it's I kind re- of expanding really- the wonder woman you know it was the first Wonder Woman-centric crossover in, like, 25 years or something like that. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah, cool. That's where we're like, holy crap. So, yeah. And it got me to buy the actual mainline Wonder Woman book, which, because it's part of the crossover, so I got All right. it. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Last non-Gotham book, Dark Knights of Steel, number six. Oh, my God. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> I know Liz, Liz caught up on all Dark Knights of Steel, because I was like, this is something you will like. Um, so, written by Tom Taylor. Art by Yasmin Putri, uh, colors by Arif Prianto, and letter by Wes Abbott. Oh, man. Okay, so before we jump into this issue, Liz, what did you think of Dark Knights of Steel? I like it. It's definitely worth it. It's a 12-issue miniseries, right? So I'd say it's worth it. Now, okay, I <laughs> I had a couple things, and I'm reading it. Like, obviously, this is this is more like Merlin- fantasy you know or like a cw show fantasy this or rain you know it's, it's, it's arthur it's arthurian not high fantasy yeah well it's just very much like they don't give a crap about historical accuracy or you know oh, this okay. is yeah this is like a fantasy show like disenchanted or you know it, it's not gonna be at all historical it's more the aesthetic so knowing that, like, I'm like, all right, I'm not going to worry about, you know, anything. Like, this is a, literally just, like, the aesthetic that they're going after. Um, second thing, how old are these characters? Are they 19? Is Clark Kent 19 years old? I because, don't think they're nailing it down hard to be. Okay, because they say literally the only, like, time frame they do is, like, 19 years later. And Bruce Wayne is younger than clark kent in this storyline so i'm like how old are these characters like how old like because of course bruce and clark look like they're like mid to late 20s maybe early 30s so anyways that was my only kind of like nitpick i guess other than that i love it i like that it's very much it's to me what it feels like is like i saw a um medieval au slash you know uh, yeah, alternate universe storyline with DC characters. Like someone is writing a fanfic where they're putting these characters in kind of like this pseudo medieval setting and um, just writing what they like. So that's fun. It's fun. And the art is beautiful. I, I know, love this right? artist. <laughs> this artist, wow. Like this is, this art just totally carries the story and everything looks really good. Um, yeah. It's it's really enjoyable, and uh, I love the designs too. Harley Quinn looks awesome. I love this is probably my favorite iteration of Harley Quinn I've seen um, in a long time. So I think it looks great. She looks more like her court jester 
uh, uniform for, from the animated series. Right, because she's and, literally a court jester. Yep. <laughs> and um, Ivy and her, I, I don't know, man. It's like all the characters are making like cameos. Yeah, and it's just like, they all look good, and it's all really cool to see. And <laughs> I would love if the series just continued, honestly. All the Robins are in it. Jason is great, of course. You know, he did Tim, try to... Tim being a sneaky little bitch. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Tim getting his ass kicked my favorite thing. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just, it's a fun series. I'm excited to see where it goes. I feel like I, I told Keith, I'm like, I've already, like, the first issue and I figured out the prophecies meeting, you know? Yeah. But to be fair, the characters wouldn't know, like, which aliens True. they're talking about. So it's all good. Yeah. One thing um, I liked, especially about this issue, is we got a tease for the Titans. Yeah. And I was kind of like, ooh, what are they going to be like? And like each time they introduce something new, I'm like, yes. Let's oh, I can't wait to see Starfire. My girl. Yes. Yeah. She's also from another planet, by the way. She is. I know. <laughs> like, there's. So, yeah. But that'd be cool. I mean, like, what if, what if, like, this is a 12 issue, but what if the Titans are really cool and they give them like a five issue mini of their own? I would this love to see. the kind of world you can do that. Yeah. No, this is a cool Earth. Uh, it'd be great if they could do like short stories with these characters. It's just fun. I mean, like, again, it's like when DC, like, does their alternate like when dc doesn't worry about continuity they just do like these weird wacky stories you know wacky hijinks ensue that's when dc's at their best in my opinion so yeah yeah it's really good i'm I'm glad you liked it because i knew you would so everybody Mm -hmm. check it out we are halfway through the run six of 12 it's a good time to pick it up too so yeah I bet it's going to be a nice, pretty hardback trade, too. At yeah. And the art, like I said, just the art alone is just so beautiful. I mean, it's, it's like a, is it Alex Ross's paintings? You know, kind of like similar feeling that with the lighting and stuff on the it, art. It reminds me of Dan Mora a lot, which yeah. is the guy that does Seven Secrets mm-hmm. um, and uh, a bunch of other stuff. But it, it reminds me of that, but it's but it's even more so. Yeah, it's yeah it just looks more so good. It just looks so, and it's like not... Like, uh, I think of how I kind of had a hard time with, um, oh, what was that comic? The Dice one. What was it called Dice? Die. Die. Yeah. That art was like, well, it was too dark for me, like, like <laughs> lighting wise. And then um, the painting, it was just so much like watching a painting. Everything was so detailed. This is really mm. clean and like, yeah, it just feels like a really high quality film or something. I don't know. Love it. So yeah, it's great. I was like, what else is uh, Yasmin um, Putri done? Because yeah, her yeah. stuff's gorgeous. The funny thing is, is um, I think, and you might back me up on this because I know you're a fan already. Um, I think this would be a good world for them to do a, um, a, uh, my mom just blink a uh, webtoon for. Yeah. Like, or I was thinking, I was thinking, this should be. I was thinking if they're going to do like another animated film, because sometimes they do their animated mm-hmm. films where it's like a oh, yeah. you know spinoff. I was like, this is a great thing to adapt. I mean, this would be like great to you know if they want to mm-hmm. push it or do a, a little maybe like a six episode series or something. So yeah, it's just really fun and it's really pretty and everything looks like I said. It's like oh, Lois is in this and I oh, actually yeah. really dug her and Clark. Yeah, like I was kind of I like their characterizations of um these two so that's i actually like the characters <laughs> characterization of a lot of them um a lot of the characters in this for the record uh yasmin putri is also also was the one who did the future state nightwing mm. 
and also did the the Spider Women uh, book, the crossover book. So it was one of the people working on. Well, check out her stuff. It's but yeah, new, new new to the uh, industry to be honest, but mm-hmm. like yeah, already just highlight. So. Yeah, knocked it out of the park on this. I it's a it's a joy to read, really. So. <laughs> Next up, we're going to go over to Gotham for a couple books. Uh, first of all, Harley Quinn 14. Oh, yeah. Written by Stephanie Phillips. Art by Riley Rossmo. Colors by Ivan Placencia. Letter by End World Design. This is the second ep- issue of the new arc. Uh, I really wanted Liz to read the first arc, but it was 12 whole issues, and we mm-hmm. didn't really have a lot of time to do that this week. I got the summary. I got the highlights. <laughs> yeah, it, basically how she's trying to redeem herself. And But you did read the previous issue, so you're caught mm-hmm. up on the arc itself. Um and we kind of talked about it, uh, the art. I love Riley Rossmo's art for this book. It really grew on me because when I first looked at it, I'm like, whoa, what is this? <laughs> and now I'm like, it would look wrong without it. Like, it just... and It's very exaggerated. Like, it's very much... Uh, character, character art is what it feels like to me. Mm-hmm. It's almost like... And this, this is kind of where I got started to really enjoy it, is I, I like the idea of it being... This is Harley telling people the stories of what happened. Yeah, I and guess this is what it probably looks like in her head. That's true. I do like how he draws Harley a lot. Like it is really. And I love this super cute. angular Batwoman. Like, yeah, I mean, the Batwoman was just like straight up like <laughs> yeah. insane proportions. That hair. I love it. But yeah, the so chin. This is the, this is, the, this is the new arc. Harley is in jail. Um, so you don't get the context of Kevin as much because Kevin basically became her sidekick in the whole. Yeah, episode. I kind of figured he was probably a former mook that got you know rehabilitated or whatever. If you look closely on his cheek or his chin, oh yeah, no, it's face, horrifying looking. He's yeah. a former clown, which is the Joker's goons. Yeah. Uh, so, like he, that's why he looks up to Harley. But he actually saved her life. He's like a, he's like really important to her. So his kind of betrayal in this issue was a really big deal, and I was worried that wouldn't quite land with you. So, um. But Is it yeah, really like, a betrayal? I mean, it was like... I mean, in her eyes, it could be, you know what I mean? Oh, well, I mean, yeah. Well, she's kind I'm of volatile. Su- I'm also suspicious about his girlfriend. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, I think she might be influencing him. We'll see, so... Um, but yeah, it looks like we're going to get a Batgirl-Harley Quinn team-up, which is really cool. I'm excited about no, that. No, Batwoman. Or Batwoman, sorry. Mm. I did like the implication that Oracle was being Oracle in this instead of uh, Batgirl, so that was cool. She's- She's both right now in DC. It's Aww. weird. She only suits up every once in a while, but she's I mostly guess. Oracle. Okay. In Batgirls, she's Oracle. Mm. But she also, if they need backup, she shows up. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, it, it's fun. But it, good book. I'm really enjoying it. Um, next up, we're going to talk about Shadow War. It's pretty funny that you're reading a Harley Quinn book and enjoying it. Right? Yeah. Like, like I honestly, it was it was Future State. When yeah. I had Future State, and I was like, I really enjoyed this. I'm going to give the new run a try, and I, I love it. So, um, see, so yeah, we're going to talk about Shadow War. Shadow War is a crossover currently going on between Deathstroke, Batman, and Robin. Those books. Mm-hmm. So, we got two v- versions of it this week, or two uh, editions part three and four. Part three is Deathstroke Inc. number eight, and that's written by Joshua Williamson, art by Paulo pa- Pantalena. Colors by Romulo Fajardo and letter by Steve Wands. Part four is Robin number 13. Uh, this one is written by Joshua Williamson, penciled by Roger Cruz, inked by Norm Rapman, and letter by Luis Guerrero. Um, so this one is pretty heavy on the reveals this week. And um, I'm really excited about it. So one of the characters we've been dealing with is Respawn. Respawn 
is a young boy who dresses just like Deathstroke mm. and looks like Deathstroke. When he takes the mask off, you realize, hey, he's got white hair like Deathstroke. And when Ravager meets him, she's like, oh, my God, I got to take you to Deathstroke. Like mm-hmm. she, she knows something's going on, right? She's um, like, really, they, Dad? Another kid? No. Just they kidding. met in yep. the tournament of death that was in the Robin series. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he ended up fighting Robin. He ended up killing Robin at one point, I think. But it was like a Lazarus Pit thing where they can come back right away. They could they could die twice for free, basically. Yeah, it was a fun series. Um, but like Krakoa, but less culty. <laughs> you don't insult Krakoa on the show. Um, <laughs> So this also kind of teases that Talia and Bruce might have something more. And it it definitely soft retcons the fact that she sexually assaulted him. Thank God. The worst. For, I'm still mad. the worst mad. decision ever. Still. Well, no, maybe not the worst, but it's oh, on the top worst. 10. It's, it's in the top 10. They're, yeah. they're talking and they kiss. Yeah. I, I, I'm like, I choose to ignore that previous retcon. And then he goes, Talia, I don't. Selena. And she's like, oh, it's a moment of weakness. And she brushes it off. So I think that was literally them being like, don't worry, it's okay. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, Jesus. She's like, wait, let me go get another roofie. I'm <laughs> like, sorry. Yeah, I know, man. It's just like, uh. but here's the thing. So at the end of the Deathstroke issue, uh, Deathstroke and Respawn are in this base. They get attacked by Ravager and Damien. Okay. Uh, so that's where that issue leads off. Second issue, which is the Robin one, uh, takes up where that fight leaves off. It's the two-on-two fight. Mm-hmm. And that's where we find out about Respawn's origin. Now, you're either going to love this, hate this, or you're just going to laugh. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Respawn takes off his mask and reveals... Oh, wow. That's an anime, anime Deathstroke. He's Damien. Why? <laughs> what? He, okay, so I'm sorry. Like, is there, t- are there Ghoul, two Damians, or is this like Rachel Ghoul? Uh, after Damien was created, mm-hmm. decided he wanted his own version of Damien. Oh Lord! Because Talia would not, or, or said, um, Talia would not let him run the tests on him that that he wanted to on Damien. <laughs> She protected Damien. Which she is another good, him... That's another good like sign of like Talia yeah. becoming more of a redeemable character. So he said, So grandfather Raish made me to run his twisted tests. That mother would not let him run on you. I okay. am a mix of Talia Al Ghul and Deathstroke. I don't like that at all. So it's his half brother. Oh god, I don't like that at all. But I think test two, baby. This is Not, Donna Troy, like that with Damien. I love it personally because it's been really fun. Um, he's really goofy. They hate each other immediately. Yeah. And start fighting. Batman shows up, breaks it up. Long story short, Deathstroke gets away. This whole crossover is happening because Deathstroke killed Rachel Gould for good. He blew up the mm-hmm. body, so it can't. But it's we don't think it's actually Deathstroke. Okay. Uh, it was somebody in his outfit because he's like, I didn't do that. So. This Talia trying to kill Deathstroke, but maybe somebody else is manipulating them. So, um, yeah. But the cool thing is, is at the very end, some people show up. Uh, if you haven't read recent DC comics, you probably don't know who they are. So, Mm-mm. but it does tease the return of Batman Inc. No which was, way. Which was a cool idea. What? No, it wasn't. Have, but no, no, it was a good idea. It was executed very poorly. <laughs> Even the idea, I'm like, eh. But what it was because they didn't like, go meta enough with it. 
Well, like Batwing was really cool. I liked Batwing. I liked the idea of the organization, but then they started doing like Man of Bats, and that's when yeah. I lost interest. Like, no, no, the idea that Batman starts a fran like a path of franchise. Yeah, Batman you know, ownership. You know, he trademarked it and shit. Like. Yeah, no, like that. It to me is hilarious, and I love it. If they leaned harder into the meta part of it, I would uh, love it more. But yeah, yeah. And the last book I'm going to talk about is our last DC book, which is uh, Detective Comics 1059. Yes, there's been over a thousand Detective Comics, Liz. It's insane. Uh, currently being written by the amazing and talented Mariko Tamaki, um, who you know from I'm Not Starfire. Uh, yes. And also by Nadia Shamas. Um, pencils by Ivan Reese inked by Danny Miki, colored by Brad Anderson, and lettered by Ariana Mayer. This is setting up the new arc, so I'm not going to get too much into it. I will tell you, it's a Riddler arc, which is great. Um, obviously, the one to probably capitalize on the Batman movie makes sense. Uh, the good news is, is this Riddler doesn't look ridiculous, and he's actually the Riddler, Don't which is really good. slander Paul Dano's Riddler, man. See, look, he looks like the Riddler. Okay. <laughs> Does he have a uh, stream following? Does he have <laughs> followers actually, on he Twitch? He actually has a, uh, uh, a radio station <laughs> that he's running in this. That's how he's given the clues. So, yeah. But it's, it's really cool so far. I love Mariko Tamaki's Batman. It's one of the best Batman in recent memory. So, I know she's going to be leaving the book soon, which is unfortunate, but... Uh, you know, we got a couple good issues left. Um, I'm very excited, and we'll see. So, that's it for DC. Anything you want to say about DC before we move on, Liz? Uh, bring back Razor and Aya. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, the, the Green Lanterns could be so cool. Um, use them. The last issue of Green Lantern was the best issue of Green Lantern I've, I've read in a long time. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know. I like, highly, I would highly recommend it. DC, you hurt me. Oh, let's also, just, let's just say the most important Green Lanterns now are Sojourner, mm -hmm. John Stewart, Simon Bass. Cool. Yeah, yeah. no, I would love it because I like space, the sci-fi-ness of it. It could be yeah. fun. Um, oh, also, uh, I got to catch up on Wayne Family Adventures, but it's still going strong on Webtoon. It's so good. And yeah, I think it's just a really awesome comic and idea. And I know that DC is going to be doing more on Webtoon. So brilliant. That's like the smartest thing I've seen DC do in a long time. So I'm very actually happy to read DC again. Um, Same. I'm going to read everything, even the Vixen. I don't like Vixen, but I'll read the Vixen story. Screw it. You know, the funny thing, too, again, like if we're going to do like, I mean, you know, DC and Marvel have their own ways, but I do think DC is a bit easier to jump into if you don't keep up with their stuff because of, again, all the wacky high jink stories. Like DC is not very good at like they're not continuity. They're not connected. They don't have, you know, an, a, a see you, you like don't have to understand what's going no on. it's literally like i could pick up really any series like harley quinn i picked up the new arc and it's just like you know you get the rundown summary of what's going on and not like every marvel comic is like that but i i don't know i think that's why i kind of gravitate towards dc because it's like it's a little bit easier to just kind of pick up and drop which is yeah you know good and bad <laughs> totally get it all right, we're going to move on to Marvel. We have a short Marvel week this week and uh, should not take very long at all. First of all, Miss Marvel Beyond the Limit number five, which is the conclusion of the mini. Written by Samir Ahmed, art by Andres Ginolet, uh, with colorist by Trina Farrell and letters by Joe Carmagna. Additional arts by Zay Carlos. Um, 
This was a, a mini series. I'll show you the cover, I guess, uh, about Miss Marvel. When alternate version of Miss Marvel comes in, they're kind of like drawing off each other's powers, and she's like not evil, but she's making bad decisions, and Kamala has to stop her. Um, it was good. It was a really good run. Five issues, pretty straightforward. I liked it quite a bit, and I'm excited about the future of Miss Marvel because they definitely make a tease that something else is coming. And with the cartoon, or excuse me, with the TV show coming, it makes sense they're going to have something going at the same time. So. Um, but yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, don't want to talk too much about it, but it is wrapped up. It should be available for trade within a month or two and check it out if you're a Miss Marvel fan. So next up Punisher number two. So Liz, I know you're probably the opposite of a Punisher fan. Uh, so I'm going to talk a bit about the Punisher and I actually think this is kind of cool. Uh, so I want to see what you think. Um, so quickly, credits: uh, Jason Aaron, Jesus Size, and Paul Azaceta, with coloring by Dave Stewart and letters by Corey Petit. Um, so, I'm sure you've seen the headlines where the Punisher changed his symbol. It's like the like the Japanese demonic symbol looking thing, which is really yeah. Cool. Instead of Disney suing white supremacists using co opting his symbol, they just caved and changed it. Yeah, somewhere. Okay, yeah, but um, <laughs> not to get political. We love you, Marvel. <laughs> this is estranging our the biggest publisher on the planet. Uh, but uh, no, like there's a reason. It. There's actually a storyline reason behind it. It makes sense because what happened was in the first issue, we find out that the Punisher has become the top assassin for the Hand, the group of ninjas that Electro's from, and he's just killing all these bad guys on their behalf. And you're like, why would he join them? That's really weird. And that's the symbol is their adaptation of his symbol. Basically he has to change it because he's one of them now. And we find out at the end of the first issue, the reason he joined the hand is because remember how the hand brought Electra back to life. Yeah. They brought his wife back to life. That's cool. I guess his whole origin is based around his wife and kids being killed. So he brings his wife back and She's like there and she's like happy, but she's also has some memory gaps. Mm -hmm. And she keeps saying, when are we going to see the kids? Well, the problem is when they were killed, the kids were killed much more thoroughly than she was. Oh, God. <laughs> it, ha it hasn't been stated in the mm -hmm. story, but I think I don't think they can come back. They said they were in parts. Well, I mean, just, you she, know, get some thread out. Of, she was just full of bullets, basically. So, oh, man. Um, but this is all about the hand and everything that they're going through in training Frank Castle and making him the um, making him the new enforcer of the hand. And it's really cool. And it's it, there's like a whole prophecy basis to it and stuff. Yeah. And and I really dig the art. And it's if you like violence, this is the book for you. There's this awesome moment where he throws some ninja stars at the at this dude who's wearing an Ares helmet, like a Spartan helmet. Mm -hmm. And it hits him. And the next page, he runs up, grabs them, and yanks them out. Ouch! <laughs> like, it's so cool. Like, hey. but basically, they're trying to stop this these the sons of Ares. Basically, it's these guys who like war is the biggest thing, and we need to cause more war and stuff. And that's who he's trying yeah. to stop. And we fi we find out the actual leader of the sons of Ares is Ares himself, who was a former Avenger in the Marvel universe. So. Uh, yeah, Frank Castle's gonna fight a god, so that's pretty cool. I dig that. Uh, I'm, I'm liking it. Funny, yeah, it's but a, okay. It's a unique look at the Punisher. I know Punisher's not for everybody, so it's a unique, like unique take on that. Anyways, yeah, I, I mean, whatever. They had to come up with a story to redesign the logo, so 
Cool. <laughs> I, I like it. Shut up. Okay, so next up is Thor, number 750. Woohoo! Legacy. It's number 24 in the current run, but Legacy 750. I got two covers for it. I got this one, which is a funeral pyre. I got this one, which is also a funeral pyre. Guess what this story is about? Um, so Odin has died. Uh, Odin mm. sacrificed himself to stop. Okay. How do I do this quickly for Liz? <laughs> it's okay. I just level highlights. Mjolnir, Mjolnir started acting up and wouldn't listen to Thor. Awesome. We find out that Mjolnir is actually the name of a god. It's the god of hammers. Mm-hmm. And Odin, being the shitty person that he was back in the day to make Mjolnir more powerful, trapped Mjolnir in oh, the hammer. So it's powerful. Classic Odin. Yeah. <laughs> Mjolnir gets out, threatens Thor. Big fight ensues. The only way they stop him is Odin helping and sacrificing himself. At the end of the last issue, Mjolnir's dead. Odin's dead. They're ready. Everybody's about to mourn Odin. And then the remade Mjolnir hammer starts speaking with Odin's voice. Now he's the one trapped in the hammer. Oh, that's horrifying. Yeah. So now Thor is the only one who hears his dad's voice. Who's just bitching at him constantly, basically. And Thor is losing his mind. He's very upset. So, um, Wait, so now is, his dad is always with him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this, oh, so yeah. this is literally the funeral of Odin. But a large chunk of this is them reading from a book of mm-hmm. the stories of Odin. And so it gave them a chance to go to some old school Thor creators and just have them do little quick stories. Including my favorite of all time, Walter Simonson. Isn't, I was going to say, isn't Odin, though, getting trapped in something or killed? kind of one of the signs of Ragnarok. Is it winter in this comic series? Uh, the Odin sleep? Yeah. Uh, maybe. But okay. Thor never, never becomes king, which he is now. So uh, okay. But yeah, so um, Walter Simonson, Dan Jurgens does a story, and then J. Michael Straczynski comes back and does a story. Too. I heard he's coming back. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, I follow him on Twitter, so that's cool. And he managed to get all, all of Olivier Coppel to do his art, which is the guy who did the art from originally when he was doing Thor. Nice. There's Boys also are back out, in town. There's also an Al Ewing Loki story, which I really That's love. cool. Loki is no longer the, the Prince of Lies and the God of Lies and all that. He's just the God of Stories. Oh, well, um, I, I like the Prince of Mischief or whatever God of well, Mischief. Well, there's a... There's, He's still kind of like that. Is it, what it happened yeah. was he basically dumped that title on someone else as a punishment. Mm-hmm. And now there's some, you know, the whole mythological punishment of the snake dripping venom yeah. on Loki's face. It's happening to them now because they're the god of mischief, not him. Awesome. Like, okay. So okay. All right. He still mm-hmm. kind of is the god of mischief by doing that. So, um, but yeah, uh, I, I, I liked it, but it was mostly just a funeral. And mm-hmm. uh, I really, I really dug that. There's also a lot of good teases about things for the future. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I love Thor. I love this current run of Thor. It's been really good. And I can't wait to see where it goes. So Sweet. Next up. My only Star Wars book for the week is Star Wars Crimson Rain number four. Um, this is a character that would not be familiar to most people unless you read the books or the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Ren, as in the Knights of Ren. Okay. He's the leader of the Knights of Ren, which everybody was bitching about in the, in the sequel series. That they, yeah. they were lame. Because so. they were, but okay. Well, they're just mercenaries. They're just mercenaries who are slightly force sensitive. That's all. <laughs> like, yep. Um, written by Charles Soule, who we talked about earlier. Art mm-hmm. by Stephen Cummings. 
uh, inked by Victor Lozaba, colored by Guru, and lettered by Travis Lanham. This is Star Wars Crimson Rain number four. This crossover is about our girl Kira from mm-hmm. Solo. Oh, yeah. I, I am ex- I do remember you telling me about this one. Excited. So she started the Crimson Dawn, which is like a criminal organization nice. that stretches across the galaxy. This is between movies six and seven. Mm-hmm. And her whole thing is to take down all the other bad guys and take their place and make a profit. Mm-hmm. And she's recruiting people. And in this case, she recruits the Knights of Ren. And it's really funny. Like, she's just such a great character in this series. And the way Charles Soule's writing her is just so much fun. Like, she's at this bar and Ren takes his helmet off and he's got this mm-hmm. kind of cute face. And he's like, hey, I'll, um, it says, uh, I'm always uh, up for making a beautiful friend. She goes, Oh my God, you're just so mm-hmm. wrong. I'm not here for a pretty face. It just shuts nice. him down. She's like, you're the leader of the Knights of Ren. I need the Knights of Ren. And basically, it's a heist. Mm-hmm. They go on a heist for her. Uh, they have to steal something from Vader's castle. And Vader's not supposed to be there. Well, guess what? He's there. And they have a very brief fight. And he literally runs away from Vader and wins because he was able to get away and not die. Yeah, yeah he's like, count that as a victory. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's been a really good run. Uh, the next issue, I think, is going to be very Kira based. Nice. Because it's called the Scarlet Queen. So I'm really liking this. Uh, like the only thing I don't like about it is I know in issue one they said this is the fall of the Crimson Dawn. Aww, so you know they're going to lose. Like, yeah. And I'm like, ah. But maybe maybe it'll be a, like a fake out. We'll we'll see. So right. Next up, we're going to swing over to the streets of New York, above the streets of New York in this case for. Some Spider-Man books, starting with Silk number four. I'm mm-hmm. loving this second Silk mini. Um, it's been really, really good. Looks written cute. by Emily Kim. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, written by Emily Kim, drawn by Takeshi Miyazawa, um, colored by Ian, Zar- Ian Herring, and lettered by Ariana Mayer. She's fighting a Korean vampire witch who can absorb the um, life force of people but um, she gets more energy for people who are worshipped, basically. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it's influencers. So she's like finding Instagram nice. influencers and draining all their energy because all these people are paying attention to them. Silk tries to stop her and she drains Silk's power because Silk has a bunch of fans too and turns her into old lady Cindy. Oh. So she like she realizes she lives on like the eighth floor of her building with no elevator. So she's like, "Oh, these stairs!" And then her brother doesn't recognize her, and he doesn't know she's silk. So she's like, "Shit, we gotta go." Mm-hmm. It's 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 really fun. It's all about her trying to get her powers or her her life force back, I should say. The cool thing about Silk that makes her different is J. Jonah Jameson loves Silk mm-hmm. as opposed to how he hates Spider Man. Yeah, and he's like her biggest supporter. That's cool. And so he's he's like her mentor in a lot of ways. So it's like a really cool. <laughs> That's spin pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Silk, if you don't know, because I'm assuming you don't know the origin of the character, um, was also bitten by the same spider as Peter. Mm-hmm. But a long lived some- spider. Long story short, someone grabbed her and basically raised her in a bunker. It, okay. I, I don't want to get into the details. It makes sense, I promise. Yeah. But so she she's not used to the modern world at all. So she mm. that's the joke with old lady Cindy is she's always like she does everything long term longhand anyways. So yeah. I think there might be one issue left of this and uh, she'll get her pa- her life back. And I hope so, because I really like her. Um, but yeah, really enjoying this. I hope honestly, I hope this is one of the the movies Sony makes because Silk is a really cool character. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Next up. The relaunch. And I'm so sad. My primary sidekick is not here to talk about it because this is his area of specialty. 
the relaunch of Amazing Spider-Man. Amazing Spider-Man number one of all the weeks for Josue to take off. <laughs> this is the one. Um, so, new creative team written by Zeb... Well, it's kind of new creative team. Written by Zeb Wells. Mm-hmm. Arts by John Romita Jr. Inked by Scott Hanna. Colors by Marcio Meniz. And letter by Joe Carmagna. I got this variant cover because, of course, I did. Mm-hmm. Nice. I love it. So... We're starting off the new era of Spider-Man with a mystery. I'm not going to get too much into it. Uh, we're going to talk too much about it. But basically, there's a huge time skip um, from what happened previously. We had this whole thing with the Beyond Corporation. That ended. Mm-hmm. Now, the first thing we see is Peter in a crater. And he's, he's just upset. And he screams, Gah! and we don't know what happened. Boom. Next page, six months later. That's cool. They never, they never explain what happened. Mm-hmm. but we're going to come back to it uh, eventually I'm sure but basically everybody hates Peter now for some reason him and MJ are not together none of his friends like him mm-hmm. something's going on MJ doesn't even want to talk to him Like, and we're going to build backwards I think with this which I really like the idea of um, and we are kind of going ground level again with him and yeah. less like gigantic which is really cool it's going to be more about gang wars and protecting the streets in New York which is good um but yeah, basically, he's kind of losing himself in just being Spider-Man. Uh, that's pretty much it. Like, I, ignore my personal problems. Uh, at the end of the issue, though, he does call MJ. She's like, I don't, or no, he's outside MJ's apartment. And then he leaves and she sees him. And you see, MJ, are you okay? And then this dude pops up. Mm-hmm. Who's this? Exactly. His, his name is Paul. And he says... Uh, uh, you're going to need to be better than good. I can't hold them off any longer. Two little kids running forward saying mommy. Like Peter's kids or? We don't know. <laughs> okay. Weird. Yeah. Uh, and they hug them and it's like, yeah, everything is great. And that's when the issue ends. Okay. So we're going to figure out what is happening. <laughs> so uh, I like when you tell a story like this and then we go back and fill in blanks as we go. So I think yeah. it's a cool idea. I want to see what Josue thinks because he's again our Spider-Man expert, but we'll mm-hmm. wait for next week for that. Um, but yeah, next and the last two books we got are X-Men books. We always end our journey in Krakoa, mm-hmm. Liz's favorite place. Yeah. Uh, so so uh, for those who don't know, Liz thinks Krakoa is creepy and she's wrong. So, yeah. No, I'm not. Sabretooth number three. Yes. Sabretooth has his own series right now. Written by Victor Lavelle, art by Leonard Kirk, colored by Rain Barreto, and lettered by Corey Petit. Um, it's funny because I'm making fun of you for thinking Krakoa is creepy, but then I'm going to have to describe what's happening. Yeah, okay, yeah. let's hear it, as <laughs> so, always. Mm-hmm. So, so um, there's no prison in Krakoa, mm-hmm. really. Oh, no. Um, oh, I know where you're going with this. Yes, please continue. If you break one of the three laws of mutant kind, and the council decides that what you did was bad enough then you're punished by being absorbed into the island of Krakoa and you live underground in a unconscious state while Krakoa saps your mutant energy yeah that sounds normal very normal very not like a dystopia at all (laughs) so Sabretooth is the first one sitting down there because of course he is he's a piece of shit and then he's suddenly joined by five other mutants in the first issue of this run and we're kind of slowly finding out why they're there. Now, the three laws of Krakoa are kill no man, reasonable, um, respect the land, so don't like intentionally destroy Krakoa because it's actually a living creature, so that makes sense too. 
and also make more mutants. Gross. Yeah. One of these guys broke the law by by not making more mutants, but we don't know how. They haven't described that yet. I mean, hopefully we're like theorizing that all the entire time. So we'll see where that goes. But we find out more about Melter. He he was in trouble for not respecting the land because he basically his powers are like fire based. He ended up burning a good chunk of Koa. And so that was like a bad thing. Um, but there's also like this whole thing where they're trying to escape the pit and they can have like connections with people like they can project part of themselves through Krakoa to talk to people up there. So we're seeing a bunch of like the lesser used characters pop up like skin from generation X is, is mentioned and stuff like that. And we're going to see if they're able to like actually escape. We'll see. Um, but really deep down the story, of course, is about Sabretooth. Who's like, I'm the leader of the people down here. Basically. Um, it's just kind of a building one, but it's really cool. It's a little bit creepy in a lot of ways. And uh, I'm just curious to see where it goes and see, like, what happened. Because I get the impression from this one that there's more to the meets the eye to the the fact they were punished. That maybe they weren't punished by the right people. Maybe it was, like, a mistake or something. Mm, I I, I, I kind of get that impression. Okay. (laughs) Let me know when... No um, no one said it's infallible. One of the books is literally about how the council is a fucking train wreck. Okay. Let let me know when um, I Mutant, that, uh, that run, comes out. So... You know, like yeah. iRobot. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> the big flaw of those three laws. I can't wait to get to that plot point. Moving on. <laughs> the next one is a book I threatened to make Liz read. Uh, Knights of X, number one. Mm-hmm. So uh, Knights of X is, uh, for those who read Excalibur, it's basically continuing from Excalibur. Written by Teeny Howard, who is an amazing writer. Art by Bob Quinn. Colors by Eric Arcianega. And letter by Ariana Mayer. Um, basically... In the Marvel Universe, there's the magical world, and it's it's all based on the British magic, so Camelot and stuff like that. There is uh, the magical world, and there's a place called the Starlight Citadel, which is like the big castle in that world, right? Uh, the X-Men have always been really tied to this world because they have several people who are very, you know, touched by magic and stuff, so it's always been like a, a pretty strong tie. Well, most recently, Psylocke, who, by the way, Psylocke is, is now in her original body, her British body, there's actually two Psylocke's now because there's Quanon in the ninja body. She actually has her body back. Which Would you like to explain thing. how Krakoa made that happen? Um, did they? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I think so, I think someone just separated them. I, I oh, can't remember okay. exactly. So, um, but anyway, so this I'm just specifically saying this is British Betsy Braddock, not not her in the the ninja body. So, um, she gets trapped in that world because the gates closed, right? And so it's her and all the other Captain Britons are trying to fight off the bad guys, which is led by Arthur and Merlin. They're the bad guys in this case. And they're trying to take back the the kingdom. And Arthur and them hate mutants. There's this whole thing, right? Well, in this book, this, is, this has a lot of fantasy touches to it. Um, Betsy is given a chance to um, recruit nine other mutants to help her to be teleported to this world and help her but they can't get out like there's no gate to get out once they come over and they have they're going to come voluntarily and the reason i thought it would be really great is because the 10 she ends up getting is first of all herself richter and shatterstar which i know liz loves both of them very much uh bay the blood moon who you don't know but you would probably absolutely love basically it's big Barda in a lot of ways yeah. in every way that matters for you she also has a tiny love boy oh, yeah. 
uh, Gambit, uh, Rachel Summers Phoenix, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, da, 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 let's see, that's the one she specifically picks. Um, also, Jubilee's son. Big explanation there. Long story short, he's an infant when he's on Krakoa, but when he goes to the magical world, he transforms into a dragon. Just leave it at that. Hard <laughs> Jubilee, man. Okay. Yeah. Uh, also, um, Mordred, the son of King Arthur, right? Who is fated to kill Arthur. Yeah. We find out he's actually a mutant. That's why that's why Arthur had him killed is because he's an, he's a mutant. That's why he hates all mutants. Okay. Mordred. So they use Krakoa to bring him back, but nothing happens. So they're like, oh, guess it didn't work. It did work. He's just not there. Mm-hmm. You'll see him in a bit. Mm-hmm. And then the last member is Kylan, who is like an old school, like the 80s Excalibur character, which I really enjoyed coming back. But basically, yeah, they're they're fighting, you know, knights and stuff. And it's just a fun, like, fantasy adventure, but with X-Men. And I love I love Richter and Shadowstar being together, like, because their romance is continuing, which is really fun. Uh, one of our episodes was actually called Julio, My Love, after the two of them. <laughs> like, um, so, and also when we find them, when she recruits them, they're in bed together. So nice. yeah, love it. But yeah, this is a really good start. It's it, and they basically put it out like a quest. This is a quest they have okay. uh, to do this. So it, it's going to be a lot of fun, and I think it's going to be really light on lore because they're cut off from everything. So it's not like they can call Professor X and be like, "What's going on over there?" You know, it's mm-hmm. not going to cross over a lot. So, um, and Teeny Howard does fantasy really well. Um, so I, I think it's going to be really fun. I think it's going to probably be my favorite X book of the current gen. So we will see. Um, but yeah, that is all of the books I have this week. Anything you want to wrap up with, Liz, as far as what we talked about today? Um, no, just a lot of good stuff. So that's exciting. Um, I have been mainly, um, I, I do have a gripe with Webtoon, but that's, uh, <laughs> well, we're actually, what we usually wrap up with now is what have you been reading besides this? Okay. I want to throw in. So this yeah. is the time. Like, okay, so with Webtoon, I've been trying to read a lot of series on there, but a lot of the series that I find, they only allow you to read one comic a day, and I hate it. It's there a lot of, yeah, so, like, if if you want to read, say, for instance, Sweet Home, okay, Sweet Home is complete, and, um, you know, they did the Netflix, the adaptation on TV, it's on Netflix, right? And I'm like, oh, cool, I want to go read the comic. Well, you can read, like, the first 14 issues. And then after that, you can only read one a day unless you're going to pay coins. Like, I mean, you know, you could. Of course, you can pay to get around it. Of course. Yeah, but it's like it's a completed series, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, that's the way you still get money from it. Yeah, you know, I, I get But, but that. also it's I, awful. <laughs> I would rather just do like a, I guess like you could do a one-time one, but it's like 30 bucks, I think, like when I was like calculating it out. So that's just kind of a lot for me to shell out for like a like a digital comic, you know, I'd rather just buy a physical trade to be honest, if I'm going to spend $30 on it. Um, let me, let me especially if I don't you. even know if I like it. Yeah. Let me ask you this. What would you, if, if this was an option mm-hmm. for webtoons, would you pay 10 bucks a month just to read whatever you want? Oh yeah. Yeah. That might be actually a better way to kind of do it. If it's like a sub mode or something, you know, mm-hmm. you could do and just, um, read the comics yeah and then like you could uh sub or even like you know you get ten dollars yeah because even for the new comics you know it's like instead of paying the coins you could just sub to it so yeah right. i think i would consider that because it's definitely frustrating for me to try to read 
uh, it's not just like say Sweet Home. I'm like trying to read other series that I'm like, oh, this looks cool. But then it's like I have to remember to come back every. I think it's just like if I could read them in batches, even like ten chapters, you know, maybe. Um, it's just hard for me to remember to come back and do it every day. And then if you fall behind, it really sucks because it's not like you get to like, you know make up those it's just not how I like to read comics I'm not a person that can I don't I don't do like everyday kind of stuff so yeah it, it has made it hard for me to like read some of their series or keep up with some of the series which is too bad because Sweet Home currently has a prequel called Shotgun Boy and that is I, I actually yeah it's really good and um it's by the same author you know Carnaby Kim and I really like Carnaby Kim stuff and uh it yeah, it's really good. It runs basically like uh, I want to say a couple months before Sweet Home begins. So, and it's really cool. So, it's a completely like different cast of characters except um you know the smart kid, the the kid that's yeah. like the, with the glasses. He's actually like the, vague, the vague leader kind. Yes, he's actually like the only friend of the main character of Shotgun Boy. Like they're kind of friends online. So, it's like you do get some kind of like scenes where it's like him remembering talking to his friend and stuff so that's kind of cool and then they actually just the newest chapter i read uh, i don't do the fast pass chapters on this but the newest chapter i read is um they actually show the main character of sweet home they actually show that at this moment um in the shotgun boy story is right basically right before the main character's family passes away like they actually show that Mm. moment so it's like we're kind of all lining up um with that story and this is actually the story of i think kind of how the whole virus or whatever transformation thing kind of started they're actually kind of going into like the origins of that so it's pretty cool i really like it and uh, it's 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 fun it's a lot more kind of i think it's less mm, i don't even know less dark than sweet home but it's good i'm really enjoying it so I just wish, yeah, um, read it now before they lock it down to one chapter a day, and then you're going to have a really hard time finishing it, um, which is too bad because I think, you know, there's a lot of good stuff on, I don't know, maybe it's working for them, like Webtoon. Obviously, they wouldn't do it if it didn't work, but for me, it's it's just really hard for me to read a series um, and just kind of go in every day and then be like, oh, this is good, but then, like, I won't go back for a couple days, and I'm like, dang it, like, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like it. Nice. Uh, as far as myself, I've been listening to the audiobook for Exile, which is the second Driz Duarte novel from Ari Salvatore. That's my uh, audiobook of choice. I'm about three hours from finishing it. It's been really good. I actually really like this narrator, so uh, it, I, was, I was really worried I wouldn't like the narrator because there's like 27 novels. Yeah. So, you know, but I actually really like him. I think it's really good. Uh, he makes some choices, which I'll audiobook people do, like, which I <laughs> No, like accents. Like, oh, okay. It's pretty funny. Some of them, like, it's great. Um, when he when he voices the old drow woman, it's the best. He's like, hello, my dear. Hello. Like, it's really good. <laughs> I love it. Um, oh, he also, one of our Kickstarters came in this week, which was US Route 31. Uh, so I got a fun little graphic novel for it. Came with a lot of little, uh, like, things, like art bits and stuff like that. Um, and I read it. It's very quick read, but uh, it was really cool. This one is the special one where they wrote a they did they d- completely did a single page of the comic every day of the month of October. Mm-hmm. So and it was so it was literally just done that way. And once they, October was over, they were done. So they had to kind of plan it out ahead of time. And like it's really cool, like to do it like that way. Um, 
And uh, this is one that uh, uh, Stephen actually recommended that we follow. It's Elsa Chartier uh, is one of the creators, and that's why we found out about it. So uh, really cool. really enjoyed that. Also, Liz might know this because she might have seen the package. It was actually set on our, mm. our living room table for about two days. Um, I got The Cheese Monkeys, which is <laughs> one of my favorite books of all time. And um, I kind of think I told the story last week, but I'll say it again. I mm-hmm. used to have a copy of this, and my ex-girlfriend had a ferret, and the ferret shredded it. Because uh, ferrets apparently have very sharp claws. I did not know that. <laughs> um, so I was very upset, and I never bought it again. And then I was sitting there, I'm like, I have like $50 of Amazon credit. Right. And I'm like, why don't I buy the... I haven't read The Cheese Monkeys in forever. So I bought it. It's by Chip Kid, And it's a really cool story. I'm actually curious to see what Liz would think about it one day. But basically, it's about the... It's about going to art school in the... I want to say the 70s. And about this whole concept of how art turns to advertising. And it becomes for money and also the relationships of a teacher, a bad teacher with the students, and mm. and the concepts of one of the first times I I remember being well aware of like toxic relationships and how I could like how how I could have the wrong perception of a relationship, which is an important thing in my my self mm-hmm. is understanding what relationships are. I have a problem with that. So this is the first time I I kind of saw somebody realize maybe I'm not seeing the same thing. As other okay. people, which I thought was really good. Long story short, there's a girl. He thinks he's in love with her. He thinks she's in love with him. She has a boyfriend. And he's like, why does she act so different around him? This is weird. Like, she clearly likes me, not him. Oh, and man. the question should be asking is, why is she acting different around you? Yeah. Like, that's like, why are you the default in your head? And it's really interesting. And some really great funny moments. And it's just a really good book. I love it. Um, and also, if you have an Audible account... It has a free audiobook. You don't even have to use the credits. Oh, cool. So, yeah, highly recommend that. And then, uh, last thing is a book that friend of the show, Case Aiken from Certain POV, sent to me. Uh, love you for this case. It's really cool. It's a bunch of superhero stories told from a different kind of superhero. Uh, for instance, there's Captain Housework, <laughs> whose ability is to clean. Nice. And like he used to fight villains that would like pollute things, but then they stopped doing it and now he doesn't have a purpose. And suddenly people are calling him being like, yeah, my house is really trashed. Can you help me clean it before the party? And he's like, this is what this is for. (laughs) And so, yeah, but there's several great stories in there. I'm four stories in really enjoying that book. And I want to finish it off. So I can talk to case about it. This is one he recommended when I filmed a special episode with him, which you'll see Mm -hmm. shortly. Um, but yeah, um, and that one's a compilation, so it's various different people. I don't have it in front of me, or I would tell you guys the name. I will tell you next week. So, um, but yeah, that's it for me. Uh, so, to wrap up, those are the issues that we had this week. Make sure to check us out on Twitter. So, I'm going to run down our, our tags for the show. It's WHI Podcast on Twitter. For myself, it's WHI Podcast Keith on Twitter. For producer Liz, who graciously stood in for my stalwart sidekick this week, oh. is WHI Podcast Liz. For Josue, poor, poor absent Josue, <laughs> it's Josue Reads Josue because he doesn't like synergy on Twitter. <laughs> um, also follow our other show, Jukebox Vertigo, at Jukebox Vertigo on Twitter. This show is our music show where we build a playlist every two weeks with our friends based on a randomized category of music. We have lots of guests. It's a lot of fun. 
Uh, this coming Monday will be a new episode of Jukebox Vertigo. And uh, I'm very, very excited about it. I think we had a really blast actually recording it. And we had a very special guest, which was really cool. Uh, because the category was It's Not a Race, Guys. Which is mm. all songs have to be under two minutes. And we had our good friend Steven show up. But also Amelia, who is actually a musician. And Josue reached out, said, hey, you want to be on the show? And they said, yes, of course. I would love nice. to be on the show. And so we actually... We're able to get them on there, and we got them a little late, unfortunately, because uh, I didn't realize how um, how early or, or that they were two hours ahead of us, three hours ahead of us. Oh, uh, yeah. So I was, I was like, yeah. So their band is pretty bitter, and they're pretty cool. Uh, I really enjoyed that, and we have a lot in common. So yeah, but check that out. It'll come out on Monday. As always, it'll come out first thing in the morning, and then Hostway will be on Twitch that night at Hostway Plays Hostway. And he will listen to the entire playlist of what's being added. Give his quick opinions. You guys can listen to it with him. Make sure to listen live because it always gets muted by some copyright. Um, Right. (laughs) So other than that, you can always check out this show and Jukebox Vertigo anywhere you normally listen to podcasts. They're all available on the same platform. So wherever you're listening to this, you can listen to Jukebox Vertigo on there as well. And uh, that should be it. So those are the issues that we had this week. Don't forget to backboard and box your new treasures, and we'll see you next week with a new batch of beautiful books. Stay safe and read more comics. Bye.